Hey, no gods, no monsters listeners. Uh, We wanted to give a more explicit and specific content warning for this episode because it deals with some very difficult and potentially triggering topics. So if that sounds rough for you already, I'd suggest just skipping this episode before I even detail what those topics are. I'm just giving a second for people to pause and move to a new episode or something or get out before I even describe it. Okay, the discussion uses profanity and mentions substance use like most of our episodes, but the movie also deals with themes and ideas related to incest, acts that either are or are closely related to sexual assault, stuff like that, uh, violence in general, also deals with the topic of psychiatry and that some psychiatrists might be manipulating their patients. Lots of heavy stuff. These topics aren't the entire episode by any means, but they come up sporadically. If that isn't something you want to sit and listen to people talk about, hang on till next week. We'll be talking about much less dark and intense movie, Abira Horror of the Deep. Uh, But yeah, just wanted to give a heads up. Okay. Hope you enjoy the episode. You know, you'll make such a great contribution to society. You'll, you'll do our whole family proud. Man, you guys disgust me. Barto, what did you do for your coming out party? It was an enormous, audacious affair. Um, it was not um, <clears throat> like Southern California audacious. It was more <laughs> Midwest audacious, which is okay. like big chunks of cheese, uh, uh, encased meats. Um, nice. in, in that way, I guess it's a little like southern california but um <laughs> sure uh but yeah Sounds nice and nice and farty i looked beautiful my brother zipped my dress up in like this really <laughs> weird way and uh, Wait, he zipped it up in a weird way well i mean he he just got excited he just got pretty close you know yeah but that's how it is when you're coming out i think mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much all I know about coming out, uh, yeah. to be fair. Had, did had, did y'all know about, like, coming out parties? Were you familiar with this before this movie? Uh, yeah, I, I know, like, some rich people sometimes do shit like that. Uh, yeah, I had a vague, very vague familiarity. Can one of you explain it to me? Like, Bardo, what, what happened that you decided now is the time for my coming out party? Because I'm... I looked up the definition, but I'm basically unaware of what this means. I mean, this is not, like, actually a thing that I had... I mean, I, I was, like, aware of it from, <laughs> from like, media, but, like, my... I, it's, I think, mostly a Southern thing of... And, like, who does it still, and it was a thing of yore 
Um, but very few people like in the early 90s. When did this movie come out? In 1989. 89. I don't think there were a ton of coming out parties in Southern California in 1989. I think this is a, a pretty <laughs> unusual event. <laughs> uh, Brian Usna, the director, he, well, he was born in the Philippines, I think, but he grew up in the South and uh, I think went to school in the South and stuff like that. And so... What yeah. what is it what is it like what is it for what are you coming out of I think it's just like our daughter's a woman and we're presenting her to the world or some kind of like like that. you're gonna start dating like this is the yeah, announcement so. that you're on the market I I think so like I said I only have a very vague familiarity sure I I so think I could that's be completely it. wrong I mean it, it's like a it's like a bar mitzvah or whatever it, yeah. or a, a quinceanera yeah, quinceanera. Mm-hmm. That's the vibe I got. I just, I don't know, it was this, I just was kind of having to guess. The context clue I had was that she says, like, oh, I've already been dating, so it's just kind of, what yeah. I, and you could you could tell that it wasn't something that's normally done. I think it ties into these themes of, like, tying this weird, rich culture to, like, monarchy and aristocracy or some shit. But I just, I don't know. It was just what, one of the many things in this movie that made me be like, it's just so weird. Like they use something that I just had no fucking idea what it what it was, but it's such a big plot point. Yeah, I mean, I think it's in the South. It's like my daughter is ready to find a husband. You know, yeah. and they're like okay. fourteen or whatever. Yeah. Um. But that's how I envision it. Uh, that makes sense. But it would be, I think, very strange if at any point in my life I was invited to one or attended one i don't know well what, i got good news you, bart my daughter is turning 14 next week and you're invited to her coming out party we're gonna get that lady married <laughs> rabbit you're That's not fantastic, invited. That's my such dude. A creep. Like, she says you creep around you... rabbit you're not invited <laughs> that... The thing you just said, like, we're going to get that lady married, seems so over the top and so ridiculous, but that's literally what's up. Like, that's what everybody was doing. I don't know. It's just, I feel like... That is literally what's up. Bart, you're invited. (laughs) Just the first time I watched this movie, it felt so hokey. And then I realized so many of the things in it that seem so ridiculous are actually just kind of normal things that are only, like, vaguely abnormal now in 2022, like this coming out party. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. What other stuff was normal to you in this movie? Like, the way that the rich people, like, treated their kids seemed like an alien. Like an alien species being like, is that your friend Milo? And then just turning away. And then I was like, wait, I totally know people whose parents, like, literally had nothing to do with their lives and would just, like, say a line to them when they got home and leave. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm stretching um, it. Although Maybe I I'm think another it. part of that is also, like, Milo is lower stock. He's not, like, part of society. Um, yeah. Uh, is that why he doesn't get... Oh, oh, Milo's yeah, lower yeah. stock. Okay. Um, Interesting. So, so I think also that's... They're dismissive of him because they're like, that riffraff shouldn't be, he's like literal shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I meant more the way they were talking to Bill, like the starting a sentence, saying that, and then just leaving. I mean, Um, I think, yeah, they're also just very detached from their son. And I mean, he's not a slug. It's true. 
He's he's swarthy instead of uh, sleek and blonde. It's Mm -hmm. very. He's the only one of the only swarthy guys in the uh, in the film. (laughs) They don't like that one bit. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, the only other thing I can think of that, like, is kind of, like, seemed really weird to me the first time, but then I realized, like, it happens all the time, was the shunting. (laughs) 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 All right, welcome to No Gods, No Monsters. We're the anti-society kaiju and monster movie podcast in a world where no one is coming to save us. I'm Rabbit. And I'm Charlie. And today, we have something special. Now... I know some of our listeners have not been happy about the guests that we've had on in the past. I know we haven't had the greatest picks, but we're a very small podcast, so we're generally limited to the kind of talent we can get, and honestly, to call our previous guests talent is quite the stretch. We've heard things like, I wish they were cuter, I wish they talked more about society instead of Godzilla, it'd be great if they treated Charlie with more respect, it's really annoying how much respect they, they give Rabbit. I can't believe that guest performed that horrible song. How embarrassing. Could they be any more unprepared? And I really wish your guest would have a cool catchphrase. Well, y'all, I've got good news. Because our guest tonight is really someone special. I think I can speak for most of us. When I say I've been a fan of this guest for most of my life, this guest has made me laugh maybe millions of times. Has got me to eat Butterfingers on multiple occasions. It's even brought some tears to my eyes. In many ways, he is the epitome of cool, with his spiky hair and his degaff attitude. A master skateboarder, a dude who, is, who dodged a kick from Australia, a beheader of statues, a dude who elicits a laugh every time he sits down on a couch. Guys, gals, and non-binary <laughs> pals, let me introduce to you the man who coined the catchphrases, don't have a cow, man, I carumba, and eat my shorts. It's Bart Simpson! Hi, Charlie. Hey, Hi, how's Rabbit. It going? <laughs> it's great. Thank you for being here. I'm. So, I was really worried you're going to ask me to come up with a new catchphrase. I That's what I. Gonna, and I was. Oh. And I was really oh, can worried. Can we redo it? No. <laughs> I want to no. add something in. Um, Merriam-Webster defines shunting as an orgiastic event that takes place when the upper classes literally feed off of the lower class. High schooler Bill Whitney is unfamiliar with this definition, but by the end of this journey, he will have first-hand knowledge. Sit back and let me tell you of this journey. Billy, a high schooler in the totally awesome town of Beverly Hills, seems to have everything going for him. He's popular, a basketball star, class president candidate, has a banging girlfriend, and his family is rich as fuck. Despite all this, however, Billy feels like something is off about his family, feeling like he is not actually part of the family perhaps even adopted. His psychiatrist tells him he's just paranoid, but these fears persist and even get greater as more strange events unfold. One such event? He's given a tape that records his sister and parents talking about how she gets to have a fuck fest at her coming out party, including fucking her parents. Really, how could Billy not be set off by hearing about his sister's coming out party? Coming out parties are fucked up and creepy as hell. To add on to this, he's seen bodies get all kinds of twisty, He's watching his parents salivating over slugs. Nobody seems to care when classmate Blanchard gets killed in an accident. He sees another classmate die and then showing up to school the next day. And his new lady's mom wants to eat hair. Honestly, sounds weird until you remember that this place is Beverly Hills. 
Well, turns out Billy wasn't being paranoid. He was just catching glimpses of the truth. The truth being that his parents adopted him and nurtured him all for the purpose of feeding off him with the rest of society in one of the sexiest fuck fests ever recorded on film. <laughs> Turns out that the old money rich that the old money rich and powerful are actually another species that has existed alongside humans throughout history as it parasitically feeds off the lower classes. Whoa, who's putting all these politics into my movies? Get that shit out of here. How dare they criticize the job makers and economy builders? Our leaders don't deserve this kind of bullying. Anyways, we find out all this during the shunting. And my God, as a former champion of the shunt myself, let me tell you, this is one of the greatest shuntings <laughs> I have ever seen. Seriously, if you have even the mildest interest in, the mildest interest in shuntings, you do not want to miss this. Don't worry, though. Billy ends up escaping, so now he can warn the world that the rich exploits the poor. The, that the rich exploits the poor. The end. Because it's a matter of good breeding, really. It's Brian using this society, a true story, baby. That was wonderful. I just realized, do y'all think this is what the Weezer song Beverly Hills is about? I don't know the lyrics <laughs> of that song, but yes. Rivers Cold is Beverly Hills. That's where I want to be. That's the only <laughs> words. I, is that are those the words? Those are the only ones. I, I mean, know. based on those lines alone, I'm going to say no because I don't see why you want to be there. <laughs> Rivers Cuomo is a weird dude, man. That's true. Maybe, maybe he's a a feaster, and he's just he doesn't get to go to the feast because he's not in Beverly Hills. <laughs> Or the shunting. So, what, uh, Barto? Let's start with you. What do you? I know you've talked about this movie a little bit. This isn't your first time seeing it. What do you generally think about this movie? Um, <clears throat> it's uh, it's very, it's it's one of those. It's very gross, but not, and like everything about it is very gross. Like <laughs> it. It's the last like twenty minutes, like make you feel kind of sticky, and <laughs> and and you feel kind of uh, twitchy for like the hour and ten minutes before that. And but <laughs> but it's it feels so unreal that it also like it doesn't matter that you feel yeah. so sticky energy <laughs> and all that stuff. It's fine, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it, like, it wears its heart on its sleeve. You know, it's, it's not unclear what's going on in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Charlie, how about you? Uh, yeah, so this movie was my pick. Um, uh, I've loved this movie for, since I first saw it, probably, I don't know, six or so years ago. Uh, Brian Usna, the director. Uh, he before this he was a producer, um, for Stuart Gordon's movies, uh, specifically the ones that I'm most into is they did a bunch of Lovecraft adaptations. Um, oh so shit! Reanimator, no uh, From oh, Beyond, right. uh, Dagon. Uh, I loved all those movies, um, but 
This is the only movie of his I've seen besides Return of the Living Dead Part 3, which I saw as a kid. Oh, and Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 4. Anyways, so <laughs> Brian Yusna, I like his stuff. He's known for uh, slimy, uh, gross kind of body horror-ish effects, uh, which really comes into full demonstration in this movie. They <laughs> um, look yeah. awesome. Yeah, I they loved it. so um, good. Yeah, the special effects in this are so great. Uh, they're done by Screaming Mad George, who didn't work that much, um, but the stuff that he gave us is all that he did, I, I really like in this film being probably the peak of uh, the stuff of his I've seen. Um, yeah, the special effects also, it's great. Uh, when Brian Usna met Screaming Mad George, they like went back to his place and they realized they're both huge fans of... Uh, Surrealism, and they talked a bunch about Dolly, and uh, uh, they watched Unshan Andalou like the first time they ever met. So that stuff is right in my alley. And these, the special effects in this in particular, were specifically influenced by a few different Dolly paintings. Um, huh, interesting. This is not what you asked when you <laughs> asked me about my uh, no, I just asked what you thought. You're, anyways, yeah, yes, these are great. I've liked this movie for great, I think it's. You know, an obvious uh, choice for a politically oriented podcast, and it's a super fun movie. This is our first non-giant monster movie, so I was trying to figure out a good one to start with, and then uh, I heard El Barto. By the way, this is not actually Bart Simpson. That was a gag. That uh, so I'm sorry that was like false advert. If anybody's mad, but um, this is our, our friend El Barto. Uh, uh. I heard that you wanted to talk about society and you thought I re had recommended that to rabbit. You thought it was a good recommendation. And you also, we had you on before. You said you wanted to be on again. So I said, Hey, let's just do society and have Alberto come and talk about it. And yeah, it's been a while since I've watched this and I still love it. I think it's great. The last 20 to 30 minutes, I think is just an all time great scene. It's, it's interesting. I don't disagree with either of you, but like I keep hearing it's it's good, it looks great. I mean, it's horrifying and it looks horrible. <laughs> it looks yeah, absolutely oh yeah. atrocious, which is an A plus job. But it's just it's kind of funny because if people have no idea what movie we're talking about, it doesn't get it across that it's like horrifyingly sickening. Yeah. And just so I I said I sticky. I said sticky. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, you're right. I said right. I said slimy and yeah. No, but I'm not, you might I'm, be right. You might be right. I just mean the yeah. It but, does look great, but I I I kind of wonder if this is the kind of movie that like I really appreciate this movie. Now, the first time I watched, I'm going to go into what I think. Um, hmm. the first time I watched it, I think I was kind of in a bad mood, but I like. I was just like, yeah, we get it. Like, it's so overt, and I know it's going to get to this one scene where it's, like, this horrifying mess, and, like... Did you, it, did you know about... The, somehow were you aware I knew, of the final scene? I mean, beforehand? the intro shows, uh -huh. like, all these bodies melting into each other with the credits. So, like, yeah. I knew there was body horror, I knew it was gnarly, and I saw that, and I was like, okay, that's where we're going right now. Okay. I 
I was thinking about that on this watch because I I was thinking like, what did I recall about what did I think about the credits the first yeah. time I watched this movie? Like, was I yeah? Did I have any idea of what what I was looking at? It's just like a sure. mass of bodies and and drip. I feel like I've heard like a lot of people say that they did not expect the ending at all. That it was like a big surprise. So I I couldn't say why I know the end was like it was. I'm assuming it was from generally knowing it was body horror, uh-huh. uh, generally like and seeing that. But I don't know. It might just be from having been on the internet for 20 years and yeah. somehow it seeped in. But I felt like I know where we're going, and I felt like it's taking a long time to get there. Like we know there's a conspiracy. We know everything's fucked up. Obviously all the parents and sister and psychiatrist and all these other people are in on it. And I was a little bored, but the second time I watched it, I really fucking enjoyed it. I feel like I was able to like kind of enjoy the weird stilted Mm -hmm. acting style and like it kind of added to it. It was very surreal, Um, surreal in like a, I don't know, I feel like Dolly has a little more grace than this does, but still I see (laughs) where that's coming from. But I also felt the next time I watched it, like this movie is actually a lot more like optimistic than I thought of it the first time. The first time I very much felt that it was like, everything's fucked, there's no escape, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, we'll get into it, but I definitely felt like it gave us avenues of like resistance and escape that made it feel a little more uh, hopeful and less like pit in my stomach feeling. I got to tell you, I saw your, your review that said it was more <laughs> optimistic than you thought. And I thought, I'm so excited to talk to this dude about this movie because I could not figure out what the fuck you were talking about. So <laughs> yeah, I, I'm very, confused by that (laughs) i mean i'm not saying you'll agree with me and it might mm -hmm. be just like based on some themes i've been thinking about in other movies lately um we'll get to that but yeah the first time i was just like oh there's a movie about how we're all fucked and everything's gross and terrible and this this time i felt a little different um and yeah even the first time when i didn't quite enjoy it like the ride i was like I'm so excited to sit down with these two dudes and talk about this because there's so much to talk about in this movie. It's such a fucking trip. It does wear its politics on its sleeve. And I'm so glad it exists. Even that first time, I was like, thank God this exists because this is crazy. <laughs> um, before we go any further, I want to say I have the Arrow Blu-ray of this, which is like a really stacked disc. So, um, yeah, Directors' commentaries, interviews, like a Q and A, uh, interviews with actors, an interview with Screaming Mad George, so it's lots of stuff. Also, um, I have the book Necronomicon, uh, book three, um, which is just like a book that compiles like essays uh, and interviews about horror and erotic movies, uh, and there's an interview with him in it that I read through. So those things are going to be influencing what I say no and actually i purposefully did not um look up stuff about this movie because i was sure that you had a ton of information about this movie already (laughs) and and that i just wanted to be dazzled by it so i'm so glad you're bringing this to the table same deal Well, if you want to know the names of the three Dolly paintings that uh, really inspire the special effects, I have them written down here somewhere. The Great okay. Masturbator, I forgot what the other two were. 
I, that's the only <laughs> one I knew. Um, so y'all want to dive into this? You want to talk about some characters? Hey, it might be the Winter Olympics, but let's go diving anyways. <laughs> <laughs> gold. Oh, I Just for- gold. Forgot that was going on. Jesus. It's over now, actually. But uh... <laughs> we can pretend we recorded, we're recording this like five days ago. <laughs> Got it. Um, let's start with, wait, what was Billy's last name in this? Whitney, I think. So, Bill Whitney, played by Billy Warlock. Yeah, which, awesome (laughs) name, Warlock. Oh my god. If they're gonna make him be Bill, just keep the Warlock for the movie. (laughs) Yeah, Warlock implies evil, right? And he has an evil family. Wow, this is a pro-witch household. And I don't really want any of that. I said implies evil. I don't. I don't think I personally, but I'm just saying to the general <laughs> audience, that's often the vibe that they go with warlocks. Anyways, um, yeah, Bill Whitney was like a soap star actor uh, for most of his career. Oh. Um, and at this point, he was on Baywatch. Uh, uh, yeah, I think Days of Our Lives. Maybe he was on like right before this. Okay, that's kind but, of perfect. Yeah. And you really see that, uh, like you're talking about how the acting is uh, kind of weird and uh, stunted throughout it. Like, uh, he talks about... Uh, the director shun- talks about shunted. How, shunted. Um, <laughs> yeah. The actor talks about how, or the director talks about how, like, it's supposed to be kind of, like, evocative of soap operas for the first, like, and kind of, like, high school movies type of things. It felt okay. like uh, Twin Peaks or something I like that. Just, gonna, just thinking that, yeah, same kind of era, too, like, super yeah. fucking surreal uh soap opera stuff i i just want to right out the gate say that like at first i feel like i understood kind of this character like he's the jock he can like win the election without really caring because he's popular but then also he like isn't being invited to the big popular parties and the people running the popular parties are like the debate team. And I got so thrown off. (laughs) I like, I had the same, I mean, there's a number of characters in this movie who just like their whole arc is like whiplash. Like there's, (laughs) it's very unclear to me, like what the roles of, some of the like Milo is one of those people mm-hmm. where every single moment sure. he's on screen, his um his motivations are incredibly confusing to me. Yeah. But um but yeah, Billy is Billy's weird, yeah, because he's like doing great, except everything is also the opposite. Like he's at both extremes where he's Yeah. yeah. Um so using a said like he thought it'd be more interesting if he was like a character that seemed to have it all. Um, but he, he thought that was more interesting than choosing like a, a loser or whatever to Which go through would this be experience. Fine, but they he doesn't have it all. Like it's, I guess this is a bigger question about just the school, and so mm-hmm. maybe it wasn't appropriate for here. But like, yeah, the the fact that like again the debate kids are like the jocks making fun of him at the beach. Like everything changes on that beach scene where I'm like, what? I'm in Bizarro World, and like I can't tell if it's this weird like the film trying to call attention to like the arbitrariness of our social hierarchies, or if it's just like weird as shit. <laughs> was it? I... Sorry, was it like the debate team, or was it just like Marty, and then just we don't 
I thought Teddy and somebody else all said they were the they like were called like oh the debate kids or something. Oh, okay, yeah, did I make yeah, that up? I think so too. No, okay. I think you're okay. right. Um, and I, they were like, I, yeah, our guy, whoever it was, the um, oh, I forget his name, who was running against Billy, who's like a nerd, was Martin. part of their like crew. So yeah, yeah. I actually for a long time I thought that he was Ferguson's brother, but then rewatching this, I realized that's not the case. Because that, no. that always explained that relationship in my head. Like, oh, he's just the brother, so Ferguson's helping him out. And then watching this, is like, oh, no, he's has a different last name. He's a different family. Um, it's nerd solidarity. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I mean, um, it's... it. So, that sort of read to me almost like... Because it's... When he's in front of a crowd, when he's in a room with, like, lots of people generally mm-hmm. until he starts acting goofy in public mm-hmm. yeah. um people are on his side and it yeah. makes me think that it it's almost a demonstration of like his paranoia that like all of these actual per- interpersonal interactions that i'm having are all going badly like every mm. single time and it occurred to me on this, I definitely didn't think about this the first watch, but on this watch, it occurred to me that like, this is someone who's paranoid about everyone around him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they might not literally be behaving in that way. Sure. You know, like there's the, um, there's the, the sunscreen facial scene. <laughs> Like is so what like an like Freudian humiliation to suffer yes. <laughs> and and yeah because uh, it's on top of the humiliation already of begging somebody to go to his party and then he's like on his hands and knees right during the yeah. facial yeah yeah and it's I'm like maybe that's none of that's real <laughs> maybe that's <laughs> just like you know or he, or. Because these, I mean, it is this weird, you know, fucking weird species conspiracy, but maybe it's like the way that they act is playing into all those things you're talking about in our real lives, like playing into the ideas of paranoia and like Freudian shit. True. Mm -hmm. And they do seem to have a specific agenda to fuck with him. Um, Like, yeah, they get off on it. It's not just for like sustenance, it's entertainment to them. Yeah. Well, I didn't mean but, to cut you off, Bardo, if you had an actual no, thing you were pitching about him, like, the, okay. Um, I mean, I, all, all I think is, like, you know, he does that thing. He When he's talking to his psychiatrist at one point, he says, I've never been paranoid, which even for someone <laughs> living, like, an incredibly normal life is a ridiculous thing to say. And... <laughs> And I mean, he he said I've never been paranoid after checking an apple to make sure that things hadn't crawled out of it after he bit it. Right. Like, right. he's clearly paranoid, but, you know, we don't think we're in it when we're in it, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, it's one of those, like, me thinks doth protest too much, mm-hmm. you know, kind of. Sure. Kind of like, I think he's, you know, the con- he might have been right to be paranoid. And yeah. when there's a conspiracy against you, it kind of probably start noticing start feeling a little paranoid that's fair but like um i i think he lives a little bit delusionally yes and i do think 
some of the incongruities, at least in his character, to me, come from the fact that he's kind of, for the first half of the movie, wavering between thinking everything's fucked up and thinking he's just making it up or crazy, right? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, again, the apple, like he, like... He uh, bites into it and there's worms. And then the next time he like checks it, like make sure it's okay and bites it. And then is all stoked. Like it's like he, he yeah. can't decide like, if like everyone's a against. Like nod and smile. I love it. <laughs> so just on the nose, over the yeah. top, no subtext. Like, or no like guessing or. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it seems like he's kind of like and on the in the election, right? He's he's just calling everyone out for being fake. And then he does this fake thing on stage to get people to vote for him of like, oh, I don't even know what I believe. I'm just going to like, oh, yeah, we need uniforms. Oh, shit. Uh, no, we don't. Look at how dumb this guy is. Like he's playing into the fakeness and he's calling it out and he's kind of tied between there somewhere. Right. Well, I mean, the when he said that we need uniforms, that was just him. Uh, he was just like uh, being hypnotized and not thinking about what he was saying. Yeah, um, he was course, looking at some I, ladies' I, underwear. <laughs> I think that it was part of. I don't think he actually cares that much about uniforms either way. He just right. knows what I, role I what he has to saying. play. I'm just saying that specific thing. He didn't even mean to say that, but um, yeah. But overall, yeah, totally. I get what you're saying. Which is, I don't know. That's some strong hypnosis powers. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Milo uh, was just like on stage in front of everyone, like she's. Trouble, dude. It's like, dude, you're like the <laughs> yeah. judge or something. Every single person in school is watching you. I know. And then Mike <laughs> would probably pick that up, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. what else did y'all think of Bill? That that dude is can't be more than like five five. I and know. He dunked yeah. a basketball in that I first know. scene. I was gonna bring up those points. <laughs> Wait, he won a basketball? He dunked. Oh yeah. <laughs> I watched that. Was that was not and, a regulation hoop. I don't know, but I thought that is the most unbelievable part of this movie is that <laughs> yeah, that dude can dunk. Why do they pick basketball as the sport that he's <laughs> I, uh, great Literally, at? until you brought it up earlier, one of you, I thought he was a football player. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote in here, like, head of the football team. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, in a lot of yeah, ways, he um, kind of feels like a blank canvas or something. He's not much of a character. He just, he's yeah, kind of... Um, he's just mostly all about being paranoid and shit. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like... He is... So, a, uh, a type of uh, mania I've been into over the last... I've been very interested in the last, like, year or so is is targeted individuals or, like people who are afraid of gang stalkers and he is like prototypically that in almost yeah. all ways except it's real um he's just Can you like go into that a little bit for people who don't know anything about the the tropes yeah. around that or the norms yeah yeah i mean it's like it's basically a you're in a you are in a non-consensus reality where um you are a, a center of a harassment campaign that can involve dozens or hundreds or thousands of people. Um, and 
it sounds awful. You know, it's like sometimes schizophrenia and it's sometimes I think people actually post their way into it or like Whoa. are digest like enough reactionary information. Um, but it's like hearing things through the walls, you know, of people making fun of you or taunting you. And it's seeing strangers on the street and they're, you know, they're watching you or they're harassing you or they're doing uh, street theater is one of the things they complain about a lot. Mm. Um, But like all of these things, you know, he goes into his, his house at one point and he hears all this, Here's all this whispering about like, oh, he's home. I think he's home. Oh, yeah. Or whatever. And they're not even home at that point. But there are other people there, aren't there? Weren't oh, there maybe people like in hiding? Maybe there were. Because I think when his parents got home, like they like jump out from behind him. That's and right. Like, once again, your point still stands. But yeah, um, it's just real. And, and yeah. that scene yeah, is a mirror of the opening scene, um, which... The, the exact thing happens and his parents find him like with a knife like huddled on the ground and then just 10 minutes later he's like I've never been paranoid <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally <laughs> I uh it, it, the scene that made me think of is towards the end when he walks into the house and like the psychiatrist and his parents and all these people are there and he's like oh, like how did I know I would find you here and it's it's one of those things where he's right they're absolutely doing all this shit, but he does look and probably feel like the crazy one there. And I mm-hmm. think that must be one of the hardest things about, you know, anytime you like or seem like a conspiracy theorist or, or a, a targeted individual is what you think you are and other people disagree. Like, fuck, he's right. But because of the way we think about these things, he looks fucking crazy. Yeah. And I mean, and that's part of the thing that fascinates me with that sort of culture is like in a way they're kind of right you know there are thousands of cameras around in every Mm -hmm. major city keeping track of you and you can your phone is looking at you you know they're not like um what was what was that um what's that app called it was called vigilante Mm. or whatever but it's called it's the neighborhood app crime app Oh yeah, I for, I forget what it's called. But oh, my mom goes on that app. Um, but remember when they they sent out that bounty? Yes. For that guy who was just in totally innocent. Yeah, in Los Angeles. Like I think about that all the time when I'm thinking about these folks because like they're just keyed into a different part of reality than they than we are and just are have different priorities in terms of what they're worried about. Um, um, I'm, I'm sorry. This app—it's specifically crime focused, or yeah, it, it started out as like a right-wing kind of like vigilante app where you could like report that something was happening, and people would then you would hope that people would respond and shit. But it turned into sorry, like a m- citizen. There you go. What it's called citizen. Citizen app. Um, but now they're like. Computer. They're, like, funded and they actually, like, send out people and shit in, like, citizen app cars to, like, secure the neighborhood privately. It's a fucking trip. Um, when when I just said my mom goes on that app, 
Not the app I was thinking of. You meant oh. next door, probably. Yes, I did meant next yeah. door. <laughs> which is which is just kind of similar, unfortunately. Yeah, but, yeah totally. Yeah, I mean, my mom goes in that uh, hear things about dogs. And, uh, We've already established that your mom's a cop, so you don't need to do all this backpedaling. <laughs> <laughs> she does not go on the app to go on things like, I saw a black person walking across the street earlier. Does anybody know what this is about? Um, yeah. Yeah. Totally. But also, Billy is right, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Just totally. I wish I could have sworn in the beginning, in the commentary, he says that him biting in the apple with the worms is supposed to be real. But now I'm like, second guessing myself. So I don't know. But if so, that perfectly good reason to check his apple and be happy when it doesn't have worms in it. Yeah. And this movie is so like constructed in such a way where if that was real or if that was not real would change nothing would have basically right. no ripple effect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially because you know? we established that, uh, the, these, these creatures, they feed on like worms and slugs. So even yeah. more so like, Oh, that kind of makes sense that their apples would have worms and slugs in them. <laughs> I actually didn't realize they ate those. Yeah, like, when she's, when the parents are out there, like, looking, the gardener has, like, the slugs on a plate, and he uh -huh. has, like, I think he has, like, chopsticks, and they're, like, looking at, like, practically salivating, um, and then later, thought... when, okay. when he pulls Ted inside out, and you see his insides, there's a bunch of worms and, uh, squirmy stuff, so, oh. I'm pretty sure okay. he feed on, on them, um, that's I thought what, so. You thought so, too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nice. I just thought they were like fucking weird and were like like it it felt to me like aliens. Mm -hmm. Uh maybe the first time I was watching it like cuz I didn't know exactly who everyone was. I thought it was like aliens trying to be normal and they're just off like oh yeah, rich people talk <laughs> about their gardens, but they don't know to talk about the flowers. They think you talk about like the slugs. Uh -huh. Like that's kind of how I read it. <laughs> That's a cool reading. Hold on to that one for the headcanon. I think that's good. <laughs> for the sequels, too. Uh, so I also think, yeah, like we were saying, like, he's right. But also he doesn't even know. He's right and he's wrong, right? Because he doesn't trust himself. He's like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, they're incest and psychosis. And then, no, I don't really believe that. And, like, he's just wavering. And that's part of the hard part, too, is I, I bet targeted individuals believe themselves sometimes sometimes think yeah. that they're crazy and it yeah i mean there's a built-in mechanism for that too where they're they're like these are messages you know this is uh havana syndrome stuff like these are messages yeah. being blasted into my head uh and these aren't even my thoughts someone is making me feel crazy yeah um but yeah they have those exact doubts all the time. Like, I'm more paranoid than I need to be. For sure. Sorry, we were just talking about slugs. Uh-huh. Uh slugs have orgies. Um, and that's another reason why Brian used no one to put slugs into this, because they have big slug orgies. All right. Oh, like slugs in real life have orgies. Yeah. Oh. So that's why, good. that's, I mean, that's what... I guess I'm taking him at his word, but good, yeah. good for them. Are they, them. are they, um, like, I don't know what the word is, not androgynous, but like, are, are there, is there no, like, yeah, yeah there's no sex division. Hermaphroditic. I, I, 
No, I don't know. I don't remember. I'm not a slug historian. Oh, sorry. I was asking about slug anatomy. I thought you were a slug <laughs> physiologist. Well, okay. It's been a while since I've studied. Um, okay, that's fine. Slugs, that's fine. slugs are hermaphroditic. Okay, hermaphrodites. So I feel like that kind of ties into the whole blending. A lot yeah. going on in this movie that slugs make sense with. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Um. So, speaking of slugs, it's the parents of this fucked up family that are really into the slugs. This this family is a goddamn nightmare. Uh, I don't really know where to start. I guess let's start with Jen, the sister. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I I don't know. It's everyone in the family is so fucking creepy. It's so yeah. surreal, and yeah. uh, I I don't know. I don't like even describe <laughs> I feel weird knowing the words that I have to describe yes. them. Um, yeah. It's kind of her character in particular, we kind of uh see like a little bit of an arc there because um starts out and she seems kind of have to have like a good relationship with Billy. Um oh, and yeah. then like you hear that that tape of her, and in that tape, she's like, "Oh, I wish Billy could have come." And it's like she still seems to have some affection for him, even though she's being brought more into this into the society. But then, like as it goes on, she gets kind of more creepy and detached. Where, uh, you know, when it comes to Blanchard dying, she just like doesn't care at all. And then at the end, she's like laughing when Ted Ferguson is is beating up Billy. So it's kind of uh, interesting to see that kind of progress throughout the movie um it, it definitely feels like somebody who's like a new initiate into something like becoming more and more like everybody else in the club or whatever mm -hmm. and like losing more and more of themselves and their outside connections as she just has these meetings and shuntings and all that shit yeah, <laughs> yeah. i mean i the the weird thing the weirdest thing i think about this family is that Billy, who is the one who's supposed to be kind of objectively looking at it, also succumbs to the incest thing. <laughs> like, the, I don't know if it's on purpose, but like when he's zipping up her dress, mm -hmm. they yeah. frame that in a sexual way, if nothing yeah, yes. else. No, it's solely on purpose. And totally. then the way he finds out he notices that his sister's body is <sighs> twisted around is because he's looking at her in the shower yeah yeah <laughs> like though i don't know I, I that's one of the many things i don't understand about this movie is why he also falls into that trap that uh he's supposed to be avoiding theoretically uh yeah, Yuzna talks about how he uh, he read a lot about like horror and stuff, and uh, you know he read that horror a lot of time is built around taboos, and one of the great taboos, obviously, is incest, and that there's a lot of horror where incest uh, is under the surface, even if um, 
it's not even something that was intentionally done by the director. So I think he just kind of decided to kind of make it more overt. Um, obviously very literally with the, the daughter and two parents, but even hinting at it with, uh, Billy to kind of do this, uh, uh, I don't know, kind of add in this psychosexual, uh, uh, aspect, I guess. Well, and it, it makes sense that like these, this society doesn't just, you know, attack its targets or bring people in during the shunting. It's like a societal thing. Like they're affecting him by sexualizing themselves around their son. He's gonna, uh, he might be like, like fall into that or be drawn to that or in, in ways that he doesn't want, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that does make sense. Oof. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of the, the, the first things that they they uh, showed us that was weird was mm. him zipping up. I mean, I guess the weird thing was her ex-boyfriend hiding in her closet, but and uh, her weird... Did you see in her bathroom i think was a statue of um someone doing like auto fellatio no Whoa. yeah what's auto fellatio i mean yourself yeah oh, or it. yeah i guess it it or auto conolingus probably sure i assume it was a uh there wasn't a penis but yeah well very strange sure. <laughs> with these species that's probably very easy for them to do so well yeah and i thought about that statue at the end of the movie this time yeah. but it's just another way that they're superior to us yeah <laughs> <laughs> they already had the ribs removed so that they can do that on stage <laughs> it's the whole species um yeah i don't i don't have a ton to say about her other than you know that stuff is fucking weird I mean, like a lot of people, she's not totally a character. She's more of like a device. And mm. but yeah, I hadn't noticed that transformation, Charlie. That is a good point of of her shifting. You know, by the end, I'm like, oh yeah, she's part of this family unit. She's fucked up. But I forgot mm. that there was this. It was almost his like one of his as he's losing connections. Yeah, she's one of them. And um, yeah, yeah, and obviously the the coming out is like kind of the central focus of it. And it does yeah. seem like she's kind of aware that it's silly at first, like lighthearted. She, mm. Maybe she, it almost makes it seem less like he's worried. He, you know, we're like these fucking rich people are being fucking ridiculous. All this stuff is pageantry. And she's kind of this bridge where she's like, yeah, it's just silly, but like, who cares? <laughs> um, she's not taking it so seriously. And then that's very dangerous, I guess. Yeah. 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 Should we move on to the parents? Let's do it. Just, equal freak shows <laughs> i think worse freak shows <laughs> yeah i get yeah i guess i mean one of them is a fucking butthead my god <laughs> that was so over the top like <laughs> everything else i'm thinking like okay that must be like some freudian shit this must be and that was just like i'm a butthead i'm a butt <laughs> well actually i i forgot that it comes back to that because when when he's in that very strange scene where they're all in their nightwear yeah, and the he's, dad he's is massaging. massaging the daughter and it's so <laughs> yeah. fucking creepy. And, but 
he's the, there's the line fuck you butthead and i actually i laughed so hard that i wrote it down <laughs> and then when it came back later i'm like ah yeah know. it's in the same but, room too i think yeah um, it was great it's in the bedroom both times too yeah and then at the end he punches him um and walks out calling him a butt he says fuck you butthead again as he walks out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hell yeah um, just leaning into that joke it's great yeah. i i think it's just so a hilarious just in many ways it's like an obvious visual pun but it's something you would think nobody else would try to actually go for but <laughs> yeah. you use uh, apparently this is like when they were talking about like the special effects and stuff like what they wanted this is like one of the things that he's like oh we need this um and it was it's very funny that the interview with uh, scream at george he talks about they also put in an interview with the guy who designed the butthead. And he's like, yeah, George, like, called me, like, to fly to L.A. and to work on this movie. And I got there, and I asked him what he wanted me to do. And he's like, okay, you're going to make these two legs, and then in between them. <laughs> he's like, you want me to make what? <laughs> <laughs> That's great when people work so hard to work on something and then that's yeah it yeah. reminds me of just uh seeing the thing about like this like attorney who's gone through all this school and then is the person that the guys from jackass call when they're like okay so we want to like do a pogo <laughs> stick on somebody's balls or are we gonna get in trouble and she's like this is what i did it all for <laughs> um yeah i mean i mentioned this earlier and i don't know if i can say it in a way that like makes sense to you all but there's a lot of things about the parents that are too over the top to feel realistic, but there is something about like, they feel so alien partially because Billy just seems completely disconnected from them. They're just mm -hmm. doing their thing. And he's just some guy who lives in their house who sometimes they tell him to be careful drinking and driving or something. Yeah. And it feels so alien, but I also just think there are so many parents who are that rich, probably in Beverly Hills, who had kids and the kids are just part of this set they're building and they just do play their tennis and go to their fucking jobs and don't know anything about their kids and talk to their kids in stunted uh, yeah. sentences. And it, it does just point out the absurdity of some ways we live today or people That's live today. I mean, yeah, when you brought that up earlier, it's something that you thought was over the top. Like, I don't know. I feel like there's lots of parents that are just very detached from their children. Um, and, you know, part of that is just uh, some people, it's hard to kind of make a connection and emotionally connect with other people. But I, I, I feel like it's not too uncommon for for this kind of relationships. Right? Am I wrong? Oh, you're probably right. Um I mean, it would be cool if I was wrong. Uh, I I don't know too many people who, like, live in, like, MTV Cribs-ass houses. Yeah. And so, I don't know <laughs> totally, how they yeah. how um, they function but also, necessarily. story-wise, uh, uh, you know, they adopted him specifically so that they could shunt him when he turns, you know, you know 18 or whatever when he's... So, it's like... <laughs> I yeah, hadn't I mean, gone that far back. Detached. <laughs> To what like the decision-making process. Yeah. Massive time investment for <laughs> your sex party. God, he really is a butthead. Yeah. Just, just totally um, wild. What a, uh, do you all want to go into any more with them, or should we... There's a lot of characters. Should we just keep going? Yeah, yeah I mean, there's not really much 
about their characters, just that they're, you know, throughout, we're just showing that they're kind of shitty, uncaring parents, and then they're just super creepy and loving to uh, their daughter, and, and like, uh, yeah, they're dismissive about Milo, and uh, I think they're also kind of, like, dismissive about Blanchard, um, both people who are not of the right stock. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I had nothing else to add on. I I have a nice sounding voice. <laughs> uh, so let's go to the psychiatrist, which to me is one of the scariest like things about this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, just the the person who's supposed to help you navigate this fucked up system that gives you these fucked up problems being a part or a tool or a weapon of the system is a very real concern. And yeah, like uh, here he is. And like from the second it started, I'm like, oh, this guy's in on whatever's happening, obviously. Mm. But and and he's just also bad at faking it. Like he's such a bad psychiatrist. He's like, I thought I told you that sometimes paranoia is hard. It's like, isn't that enough? Or whatever he says, he's he just sucks at it. But yeah, this part's the scariest (laughs) part to me of this fucking movie. Yeah, he's he's so like. I remember that that there's a scene. I, I don't remember exactly what they're talking about. Um, but the psychiatrist like comes up to him on the couch and like puts his arm, not like around him, like hugging him, mm. but like puts his arm on the couch behind him. And I thought like that is the most oppressive <laughs> way a psychiatrist can sit with you. <laughs> like what yeah. a fucked up thing to do to somebody. Yeah. I don't know. He's yeah, he's scary. He's I mean, it's it's again, very like incredibly on the nose, but like probably kind of a weird topic for a a movie in 1989. Yeah. To do like the anti-psychiatry thing, (laughs) you know. I mean, there was a big anti-psychiatry movement in like the late 60s, but I don't know if that was like sequestered in like certain parts of like philosophy french philosophy yeah yeah i don't i don't know it this seems way more mainstream than i would expect that but i don't fucking know i was two years old i'm not sure yeah but yeah just the 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 psychiatrist as just like a functionary in the in the fucked up system to keep you plugging along and making you know the system function because it needs to eat you for sexual (laughs) reasons yeah (laughs) Um, and entertainment reasons for a lot Um, of reasons like so all the reasons yeah well i mean like i said it's a big time investment for them to like raise them and stuff uh using points out like yeah they could just you know uh they could just get like anyone and just uh do whatever they want but you know this is all about entertainment and uh just how they get off and just fucking with this character and it's just like a big extravagant kind of uh fun show for all the people involved um it, it, yeah, it also and a big part occurs- of this is this, oh sorry the big part of it is the psychiatrist just kind of uh fucking around with him which also gives them more uh info on what's going on with billy himself so they could use that against him yeah yeah it it also occurred to me that he's like he he's like grass fed beef, you know, like oh yeah, he's free range grass feed organic beef, you know they they 
you know, the name comes on the package. And <laughs> That's gnarly. And That's... You feel real connected to it. Yeah. Except he's 5'5 uh, five five or something, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, for sure. It's also interesting, like, I, I don't know for sure if this is an anti-psychiatry movie or if they're just using, like, saying that that's one point, one place that you need to worry about when society is against you, but not necessarily the whole field's messed up. I don't know. But it is interesting in a movie that has so much Freudian shit for the <laughs> psychiatrist or the, or, is he a psychiatrist? He doesn't, not giving any pills I know about. Is he like, he's a therapist? He threatens a... to, he's like, he says, I, you know, I don't like to give you drugs, Billy. Okay. Okay. So he has the power. Um, yeah. yeah so it, it is, I hadn't thought of that till now, but yeah, there's a lot of Freudian stuff going along. And then the bad guy is the psychiatrist. Kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think there was any kind of intentional anti-psychiatry. I think they're just like, this is someone he's supposed to be able, you know, it's not necessarily about the profession. It's just having a person who he's supposed to be able to be most vulnerable to and most trusting to is still against him. And just psychiatrists is a good, good uh, profession to fill that role in the story. Well, yeah. And they point by point, every authority, like source of power and authority and control is in on it you have the mm. parent like billy's parents the school they don't show like the heads of the school but like the school in general is not a safe place then the psychiatrist the cops the judge is at the head of it like all of the points of power are working together you yeah. know yeah um i also i love when his head turns into a hand um apparently that was just uh, they show this painting screaming George did in school. Like, he went to art school, obviously. Uh, and he is this crazy painting with this like field of hands. And then in the there's like a statue of his face. And then in the back, there's a, a man with a hand for a head. And basically, he just asked Houston, like, can we put this in the movie? And Houston's like, yeah, sure. That looks pretty awesome. <laughs> and so that that's why. Sense, that felt so out of nowhere. Like everything yeah. else yeah. was like, oh, I get what they're saying with that. Or, oh, man, they're pushing that. And then I'm like, a hand for a head? What did I miss? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess he said, he said like, inspiration matters more to him um, than making sense. If he can make sense of something, he will. But that's if he can't make sense of something, that's not going to stop him from doing something. So that's that also... Uh, he talks about the hair eating. He's like, I don't know what the hair eating means. I just thought it'd be interesting to put that in there. Hell yeah. Um, the the other thing to to torture this metaphor a little bit, but the um, in the targeted individual world, psych therapists and psychiatrists play the same role. Where like. It, this is someone to tell you that the things that you're seeing are not to be believed. And yeah. when some, when you go and try and tell someone else this, that psychiatrist is there to be like, no, that person's crazy. Don't believe yep. them. Mm -hmm. And that's that's really part of how I think this guy functions in that movie is like, yeah. And He's, that's I mean, that is like a lot of how it works. And a lot of the way we diagnose people is like extremely problematic for that reason. I mean, that already makes me think of like the Matrix Resurrections, same exact thing. I'm here to tell right. you that what you think is happening isn't happening. I mean, fucking oppositional defiance disorder, like 
being in the DSM right. saying that if you resist the government, you have a mental like illness. Like it has been right. used for that. It doesn't mean it hasn't also been used for really good stuff and is an important thing. But it's literally true that that's how it works. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um. Yeah, I'm not like an anti psychiatry person necessarily, but I kind of think this film is a little bit at least. Um. I mean, I was just saying I don't think that that was the director's intentional uh, hmm. thing. Obviously, you could read that into it. Uh, I can We're totally see an anti-science podcast, but <laughs> we might give psychiatry a little bit of a... Sometimes it might be okay. Some science, sometimes... No, we're anti-science. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't do it. I love Godzilla too much. <laughs> All right, let's, let's move on to Clarissa very different and interesting character sticks out a lot from all of these people that it's like, yeah, they're in on it. They're fucking bad. Uh, what do we want to say about Clarissa? She moves between the worlds and I don't know how. Um, what do you mean? You don't know how? Like she's not of good stock. Her mom <laughs> is, I, I don't know what's going on with her mom exactly, but is a new waiver of some kind, <laughs> judging by her haircut. <laughs> no. And, do you have thoughts and information on that haircut? Because I'd love to hear it. I have information it. on the character, but I guess I'll finish your thought. Um. Um, but she gets to go to the 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 suck orgy and uh, the spelting. Wait, what's it called? I forgot. The shunting. 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 Yeah, the shunting. And she's part of their world, but I don't know why. So in the commentary, David Gregory... Um, who's interviewing, I guess, using that for the commentary. He's leading the commentary. Um, he, he says, I never understood how Chris's mom fit into society. And Houston said, well, paraphrasing, she, he basically says that she is a part of society. Uh, uh, just because she's like this weirdo, um, there's something wrong with her, whatever it is. She was still born into society. Therefore she's a member of society, even if she's not, um, uh, you know, well functioning like other people, like he brings up how, you know, there's people who aren't rich or people who do terrible things, but they're still accepted by, you know, the society as a part of, because it's all about their blood and them being born into it. Um, hmm. and I mean, with, with Clarissa's mom, I, I, I don't know. This is there's so much stuff in this movie that I'm like, oh, I don't want to talk about this part because I don't know how to say it in a way that's not offensive or fucked up. But like Clarissa's mom felt to me like a statement about like children who are who are uh, like children of inbreeding and incest in like well, loyalty um, and monarchy and shit. Hmm. I was thinking that, too. He never says that, uh, but he does say that the shunting, his idea behind the shunting is why they need to feed on a people outside of um, society is because otherwise there's too much inbreeding going on. And so they need to introduce new genes into the gene pool. And yeah, I was, that was my thought on her is that she's an example of what happens, you know, if they don't introduce enough new genes into the gene pool is that you get someone like Chris as well. Ah, I see. Yeah. I felt like it was like the, the Royal family in England or like the, fucking uh texas chainsaw Man. i don't mm -hmm. know all these movies about weird and braiding i just <laughs> yeah because yeah, it's a movie right the uk what's going on there with their royalties a movie never mind yes. i thought that that's 
Um, Clarissa, yeah, she does. So does she come? Oh, so I guess you were saying she doesn't come from good stock because her mom doesn't seem like it, but the mom I guess is, she is part yeah, of the blood. She does line. actually come okay. from good stock. Yeah. Um, Interesting. But my thing with her character, though, is that she knows what's going on. She knows that they're going to do this to Billy. And at the end, before he goes home, he goes to her place and, like, threatens her and stuff. And she's like, please don't go home. Please don't go home. You can stay here. And then he leaves. He's like, no, I'm going home. Why didn't she just say, like, hey, this is what's up. And if he's like, well, that's crazy. And she'd be like, look at my neck twist a hundred times around. <laughs> Obviously, this is true. And he'd is, be like, okay, I'm not going to go home. Not, I feel like, like you were saying, Alberto, she's kind of plays in both worlds. I don't, I think she might be the Billy of society. Like she hasn't, uh, at the beginning of the film, she hasn't fully decided yet which side hmm. she's on. She's just well, reacting gutturally. See, I agree with that, which is why I'm not saying like, I get why earlier on she wouldn't have told him. Um, but at that point, like, she's just like, that's that's like right before the next scene we see her. And she's like, I love you, Billy. Um, so you would think at that point she could make up a decision and be like, hey, don't fucking go. I guess yeah. when I said earlier on, I meant she is like Billy is earlier on in that scene. I think I that see. maybe they're just trying to. I mean, obviously, the actual reason they did it is because they wanted him to arrive yeah. to the shunting scene. But yeah. I feel like you could read it as. <laughs> She saw that, and that's when it was too much. That's where her line was. That's when she decided to put her foot down. Okay, but but I, I get your point. Good like line. It, not super. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, I draw the line at shunting or whatever. Uh, <laughs> um, like I'm okay with shunting, but I draw the line at pulling hair. Uh, yeah, but I think you're right, Charlie. It doesn't fully. Yeah, you know it. If the movie had been more written in a way that felt more consistent, more fleshed out, I might have a problem with that. But to me, it's par for the course. Yeah. I mean, but in a fine it's... way, this movie is just a trip. It's not trying to be like realistic. No, no, I get it. I just I always pick out little things in nitpick, which, you know, when I'm watching, oh, totally. I find I find totally accepting it. But for you know, sure, it's just a fun thing to bring up. And... Oh, I fully. Yeah, I fully agree. I mean, it's behavior that you'd see like in a soap opera. You know, yeah, like, yeah. it tracks totally. with that. You Good know, point. Um, apparently the actress was dating Sylvester Stallone when they made this, uh, which I thought was interesting. Okay, um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what he said in the commentary. <laughs> uh, she I don't was also know a how... Playboy model. Talking um, about this movie, I could feel any ickier, but I just got like 10% ickier. <laughs> I mean, I have no idea how old Sylvester Stallone is. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Might but not be that different. She would have. Yeah, I mean, she was a Playboy model, so I, I don't know. Um, she was an adult. Yes. <laughs> That's good. I I uh, think maybe the age was was definitely part of it, but also like his face looks like it was just shunted um, a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> so and he breathes kind of like they do in that scene. So I don't know. Yeah, this um, all makes sense now. Barto, you brought up uh, the sunscreen facial already. Uh, did you want to talk about some of Clarissa's other stuff that you brought up to me? Oh, yeah. She also, like, 
She also, when she's making Billy tea after he he falls in the pool, humiliating himself in front of everybody, and then has uh, sex with her, um, he makes her tea, or she makes him tea and says, do you want cream, sugar, or would you like me to pee in it? Which was like, like very strange. There's this so sort of like too. overwhelming Dom vibe about her. Yeah. yeah, that they don't really explore at all, and everyone, literally everyone else in society, is more like Dom than her by the end of the movie. But yeah. she does offer to pee in his tea. Um, I wonder. I didn't really think this way before, but now I'm just kind of like trying to connect dots in my head. I wonder maybe she, she was just fucking with him, like, uh, like you know the. Uh, uncrossing her legs and and smiling yeah. at him and then uh when they i mean that whole sex scene with her she just kind of says some weird stuff throughout and just kind of weird and dismissive and like she twists her body up and like freaks him out and then she like makes it normal and she's like oh, you're just seeing things so like yeah. i feel like at this point she's hasn't fully fallen for him and she's still just fucking with him um mm. so maybe that's part of the whole thing it, it is interesting in a movie where everything is against him to have even his love interest humiliating mm. him in a Freudian kind of way. Like, and it yeah. is like three things. Like, it's enough that we can be like, there's some pattern there. It's the facial, the P and the T and the, um, the like humiliating him in front of everybody by, by like making him think of sex and opening her legs. Yeah. It's, I don't know what the fuck it's saying, but it, <laughs> to me, I'm just like, but it makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, feels right. definitely. <laughs> I, yeah, I think it works. I just, I can't. <laughs> I don't know what it works as, but <laughs> I know I feel a little bit more weird every scene, and that's one of the things that helps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. yeah. And it wasn't an accident that I feel weirder after everything. <laughs> they thought this through. <laughs> but um, what they were thinking. So are we going to talk about the hair eating? Do we think it's just, do we have any guesses as to what even subconsciously it could mean? Or is it just a weird thing in the movie? Because I got um, Yeah, well, like I mentioned before, he said that uh, he doesn't know what the hair eating means. It's just something that he came up with. Um as a side note to that, the shunting itself, uh, the whole, the original script, it was supposed to be a blood cult, um, but he thought that it was too kind of boring, and he just, <laughs> he was trying to think of, like, cool effects, and he came up with the idea of just, like, bodies melting together, and then he's like, he kind of was like, I really want to have a scene with a bunch of body melting, how can I reverse engineer that into this Hell movie? Yeah. So that's how the shunting got into the movie. That's amazing. I mean, one yeah, of the things so I cool. love about analyzing horror movies is like the directors and the writers are like, what would make me feel scared mm -hmm. and what would make me feel tense and crazy? And then they do it. But there's a reason those things make them feel that way. And we get to yes. try to figure out what that is. And I, it's kind of beautiful. Like, he doesn't need to know, but he knows that that'd be fucking cool and weird. And he's right. Why <laughs> yeah. is he right? Like, <laughs> um, another side note about the script is one of the writers, one of the two writers on it, uh, Woody Keith, he 
was from Beverly Hills, from a rich, uh, upper class family. And he always kind of felt alienated and like different than his, the people around him. So oh, that okay. was like a huge inspiration for the script. Um, I thought you were yeah. going to be like, he felt alienated when making this movie because he was oppressed <laughs> as a Beverly Hills person targeted by their criticism. <laughs> um, but anyways, back to the hair eating. Yeah, so he says that there's really nothing uh, to it that, I mean, at least that he's on the surface and textually aware of. Um, I don't know what I would read into it, but one thing I thought was interesting that could be a connection is... Uh, when they're shunting Blanchard, the judge comes up, and the first thing the judge does is, like, eat some of his hair. Yeah. Um, oh. So, that kind of made me think, like, maybe, you know, like, they like slugs, they also like hair. Like, the, the I don't other, know. And then he costs the, up a hairball later. Kind of funny. The other thing but, that I noticed, and it made more sense to me when um, Clarissa's mom... I, I didn't think Clarissa's mom was part of society, mm -hmm. but she was eating blonde hair, which was sort of like the society mm. shade. You know, they were mostly blondes in there. And the judge goes up and eats dark hair. Mm. Um, huh. I don't know if that's actually relevant or um, meaningful, but it what, struck what, me. What was the cop's hair color? Blonde. Blonde. Thing. Was it? Okay. Yeah. That's also funny because it turns out it's a wig and you see her like holding the wig. Oh. Like with a look on her face like, huh? <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, a, mean, that's an interesting observation and I never thought of it like that. Um, it, it kind of feels to me just like, I mean, whatever, I don't know exactly what society is critiquing. I don't know if there's a one-to-one -one metaphor of, like, capitalism or whatever, but whatever it is is clearly some insidious consuming thing, mm -hmm. and she's a little off, so she's trying to just consume things in front of her and take them, but it, she's not quite getting the formula right. She's eating something that doesn't really give her anything in return. I don't know. <laughs> but probably it's just creepy and weird, and... I mean, yeah, I felt creepy and weird every time that uh, Mrs. Carlin was in a scene, so it worked. Yeah. Um, jumping off, you saying like you don't know what this movie is exactly about. Um, I, I meant to mention this earlier. Brian, you know, he always brings up how he originally wanted to call it um, "Society: A True Story," or, or on the poster artwork, he wanted to put "A True Story." Because he he thinks that this is this is all true. It's just told figuratively. Um, yeah, <laughs> which I that was just a fun way to <laughs> also called <laughs> art. Like, what? That's also what all art is like. That's the whole. Yeah, point. I know. True. <laughs> <laughs> this time it's different. I'm actually talking about stuff happening in the real world, bro. <laughs> I'm He's, sorry, it's a movie it's a movie about surplus value at, at <laughs> some level and you know that's mostly it but and everything else is just flavor i mean you're not wrong you're not wrong <laughs> all right let's talk about the simplest character in the uh what menagerie milo straightforward we know his motivations is there even anything to say mm-hmm <laughs> I mean, Milo is confusing to me yes. in, 
and just I, I don't know why he's doing anything, but because yeah. he's fucking with Billy at some point, right? Yeah, yeah, he he puts the sex doll in his car and the voodoo head in his locker. Um, yeah. And he says basically it's because Billy's been like ignoring him, blowing him off. Uh, so I, I think that's just a way to show that um, friends fuck with each other, I guess. Uh, okay. Well, and um, it it shows that like some of the stuff he thinks is in on the conspiracy is actually yeah. not part of it, which adds to the like, oh, God, am I crazy? Do I think all this shit's going on? But really, it's just my friend fucking with me and me connecting dots that aren't there. True. Right. Yes. Very true. Right. Oof. Right. Right. Grim way to live. Um. <laughs> yes. But yeah. Uh. I think you're more correct than I was for his purpose, but I do think that um, because at the end he he shows up to be like a, a really good friend, or he's just like I'm going to stick with you and help you out, and like he really does do a lot to try to help him. Um, but like before that, I feel like throughout the movie there isn't a lot to kind of build that relationship. So I do think that this is just another thing, like showing like oh friends fuck with each other and he was hurt like it kind of just shows that there's more depth to their friendship um than maybe we've been shown of them just playing a quick game of basketball uh yeah i i um, do think in the end like yeah for the first half he's like almost nothing but mm -hmm. then at the end i mean he's the best character to me he's yeah he's like um, the the guy who's willing to like risk himself to help his friend who's going through something i mean he's the he's the good guy he comes through he comes through mm -hmm. real hard yeah i mean my favorite character is the giant writhing mass of uh wet <laughs> fuck flesh but milo's definitely up there <laughs> i mean he's not technically like literally up there in the in the pile <laughs> but i hear what you mean He's basically the only normal person in this movie. Yeah. Not to throw around words like normal, but you know. <laughs> sure. Like he's That's, that was a fast he's ball, almost, so I don't know. He's the audience. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, he really doesn't seem uh Beverly Hills at all. <laughs> like <laughs> um And it's it's good that he comes in, like he has to be gone for the first half because Billy has to feel all alone. And with True. no one who understands. But then when he comes in, it's like, oh, thank God, somebody else who cares. And then when I don't want to, like, dive into this yet, unless you all do the part where Billy, like, dies and goes to the hospital and kind of acts really weird. I, I feel like we got to dive into that on its own. But it, it almost for a minute feels like the movie's going to switch to where Milo's the main character. I thought mm. Billy was going to suddenly be part of society mm. and that Milo now we're with Milo sitting in the parking lot being like, what's going on? It's like, okay, now he's the new what's going on. And he seems even more grounded. That, mm. Interesting. That would have been interesting. Huh? Yeah. And I mean, he is the one for a minute. It feels that way, right? Like, yeah. What are you talking about, Billy? Like they brought your car here. He's the one calling yeah. out all the weird shit and hoops. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Sorry, I love that vanity plate. Hoops. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it says. Hoops. Yeah, that's his, <laughs> yeah. that's Billy's vanity plate. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Oh man, yeah. that's the kind of vanity plate that basketball. you gotta be so <laughs> fuck you rich that you find the guy whose vanity plate is hoops and pay him to change it so you can get hoops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, 
Buddy dresses as a cop as a cop at the end, so he's gotta go. Well, he dresses as a cop after he uh, knocks the cop the fuck out with. I get. Well, he True. puts Clarissa's mom uh, to attack him, the cop. But but yeah, he orchestrates the cop being attacked. I think you're okay to wear a cop uniform if you've uh, beaten the cop, <laughs> yeah. taken it from him. You're fucking yeah. right. You're fucking yeah. right. He is. See, he's the best character. <laughs> yeah, definitely. The only thing I have to say about Teddy Ferguson is he has the energy of like when Will Ferrell is playing a villain in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like like in Zoolander That's or what I was uh, thinking of, yeah, or uh, Eastbound and Down, <laughs> like okay. the like. The car salesman, like those—that's that's what Teddy's like. It's pretty cool. <laughs> he is like everybody else is trying to be subtle and do manipulation, and then he's just like, "Yeah," and I drove his car off the road, and then I fucked your yeah. sister. Like it's just like <laughs> yeah. everyone else fucked your sister. <laughs> none of the subtlety, none of the chill. And he's going to get the internship in D.C. Yeah, over the summer. <laughs> um, of course he is. Every yeah, time. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. That kind of reminds me, I, went, I meant to bring up this scene before, but uh, when they're, when he, when Billy goes home to tell them about Blanchard's uh, death, and they're just like, they're like, you got a telegram. You got a telegram. Billy, you got a telegram. His parents are all just like, and his sister are just sitting around, like, big grins in her face, like, oh my god, this is big and important. And he opens up, and it's like, you've been cordially invited to Teddy Ferguson's party. (laughs) That's such a weird, uh, yeah, I don't know, That's I found that scene to be really creepy and weird, the way that they're just... It reminded me of the slug scene, the way I interpreted it, uh, Mm -hmm. of, like, Oh, they think that they're aliens. They think yeah. this is how kids invite each other to parties. Yeah. It's so and, fucking weird. And Billy's just like, uh, okay. <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, anyway. What are you t- <laughs> yeah, Teddy Ferguson, uh, Slimeball. He's a, he's a real creep. And you, I, you think he, uh, he delivers that. Um, he's, he's a real he's got- piece of shit. Uh, real piercing eyes yeah real like when he's talking to you and he's being mean to you it looks like he's looking like straight through your soul while he's being (laughs) mean to you which is the worst kind of mean guy yes um Um, yeah the fight between him and billy seemed very unfair because he's like two feet taller (laughs) 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 he just opens the fight up with a fucking roundhouse kick (laughs) also what the surroundings are pretty normal to him whereas for billy they might be a little discombobulating (laughs) yes (laughs) but yeah it seems unfair one of the greatest deaths uh in my opinion in uh cinema history where oh yeah Billy pulls him inside out. <laughs> so yes. pretty cool. Also, uh uh making out um between two guys. Uh Yeah. I, uh that's kind of a that's kind of a gutsy thing for two male actors, uh, uh young male actors to do in nineteen eighty nine, especially with Billy as a you know, soap opera star and Baywatch star. That, yeah. That that was kind of impressive cool yeah Definitely. it was uh it was interesting i was trying to decide if like 
you know, so a lot of this also reminded me of like kind of classic like New World Order conspiracy theory types, <laughs> like reactionary conspiracy theories about um and and even like when we'll we'll come back to it, like anti Semitic ones and things like Bohemian like that. Grove or like what are you thinking? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like Bohemian Grove type stuff. And um the <clears throat> shit, where was I going with this? Um, the homoerotic stuff. Oh yeah. 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 That is like one of those things that plays into it. And I, I was trying to decide if they were like specifically referencing that. Hmm. That sort of like Yeah, all like all the former presidents are just gay together this one day in <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like <laughs> Well and they mentioned like uh, Julius Caesar with Teddy and so we're talking like ancient yeah. ancient uh, no, I guess that's Rome, but I think of ancient Greece, so maybe that's different. But like, you know, all the people in power yeah. are doing all this homoerotic stuff, but it's different. It's only in these specific settings. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. I have no idea if that was important, but it really struck me like when I when that came on. I'm like, you don't see a lot of dudes kissing in 1989 yeah. unless it's like a gay movie. Yeah. yeah. It's very, very surprising. I mean, yeah. I. Maybe I'll wait till we get into themes, but I feel like it's tied to to part of the like shunting being like every type of hedonism tied into one in some oh. way. Yeah. Um but we can save that for a little later. Yeah. Um one last thing about Teddy. Uh so throughout the whole movie he's like this shit. They're like, Oh my god, you got an invitation to Teddy's party. And, you know, his girlfriend's like, you have to get us an invitation. Uh, and then they're like, you have a, a internship open in Washington that you can go take. And he's he's fucking Billy's sister. Um, but then after he dies, he's the master of the hunt, the commander, whatever, commander of the shunt. Um, but then after <laughs> he dies, they're just like, nobody nobody really cares. And the, the judge is mm. like, well, I guess we have a new opening for an internship in Washington. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a good I, point. That, that was very interesting. Like, I guess they don't have much sentimentality in this uh, species. <laughs> or they never cared in the first place. All It's all like self-aggrandizing. He's a, yeah. he's a part of yeah. their society. It makes them look good. And so whatever, like the next, um, what a trip. That's a good yeah. point. We have plenty more to choose from. Yeah. Yeah, no, and like hype for hype's sake, not because they really liked him, you know. Yeah. No one cried for Martin Scarelli when he went to jail, you know. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, my journal okay. begs to differ, but I didn't, I didn't hear any of the other like super rich pharma dudes being like, "Ah, oh, yeah. poor Martin." <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's there's always the fall guy been watching succession you know there's the fall guy and then everybody else is good ah um yeah um, i guess shauna yeah shauna is just uh she doesn't she doesn't have much of a role and she kind of disappears at the end i was curious is she part of society or not because i don't remember seeing her in that last scene did you ever see did either of you see her in that last i mean scene? they weren't invited so i doubt it well that was a different party oh you're right um, I don't think that she was in society. 
Okay. I think yeah, she I didn't wanted think so to either, be. but I wasn't sure like I missed her or something like if she appeared in the background of that scene because she just kind of disappears after she dumps uh, Billy. Which, by the uh, way, she dumps him because after he cheated on her, after he's being all weird, he dumps her. Cause she d- dumps him because of the blow up doll. That's her final straw, which yeah. is kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> Milo helped uh, uh, Billy out with that putting that sex doll in his car. Oh, you don't think they were meant to be? I don't think so. <laughs> why, why does she take off her ring and throw it? They're not engaged. <laughs> yeah. Good she's question. Like, she's like, oh, shit, back. my mom bought me that ring. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> she's a fucking weird one, man. Yeah, she's like, it's just weird how she's so obsessed with the party and Billy's like trying to tell her about uh, everything's going on. She's like, did you get an invitation to that party? I don't care about that stuff. What about the party? What about the party? Um, she's very, uh, that kind of surface level, um, uh, stereotypical, uh, rich, privileged girl, I guess. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think she delivers that well. I don't really have much else to say, but I was curious whether or not you guys thought she was part of society. Yeah, I, I don't think so. Um, she's well to do. I would, I would guess, but mm. Mm. she's not invited to yeah. uh, the other party. Uh, okay, what about what's his name? The rival in the election? Uh, Martin Martin Petrie. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we brought up earlier how it's weird how he has the support. Like, I really want to know what his relationship with Ferguson is because, like, during that debate when he's getting trounced in the beginning, he like looks to Ferguson like, "Come on, help me out, help me out." Debate um, team, bro. Oh uh, yeah, I guess. Um, I like I said, I didn't realize Ferguson was on the debate team. Uh, yeah, and then the he's just hanging. Rule it. this fucking school. They rule the I town. Guess it's Beverly Hills. Um, it's they have different hierarchies. <laughs> Maybe that's why the parents hate Billy. They're like, "Oh, you're just the star. You're winning the election, <laughs> and you're the star of the like basketball team. Why aren't you in chess club? Why don't you make us proud?" <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> when's the last time you crunched some numbers, Billy? <laughs> Probably never. Um, for a while, I was confused by his character watching it, but then I, I figured out uh, these watches. I just, I never got the whole thing where he's like, "I want, I need to talk to you about something," and mm. then his his dead body's found, and then he shows up alive the next day. I was always confused by that, but now I just it's part of the whole gang socket thing where they're just fucking with him. Yep. Um, and just trying to make him feel like he's insane, and not only that, but the, oh, the peer insane for what? I thought he wasn't part of society yet, and because he was going to talk to Billy, they took him, they put him part of society, and now he is. Am I wrong? Um, no, I don't think so. I don't think okay. so either. I actually, I kind of had that thought before that it was, it was something like along those lines, but then I, I, I feel like. His turnaround, like where he's immediately just like, oh, a part of the society and just like, fuck you, Billy. Like, I, I didn't feel like that completely tracked out. I think it was that he, it was just part of this conspiracy to fuck with Billy. Because then Billy gets on stage the next day and he's like, uh, Martin's not going to show up. He's dead. I saw his throat slash last night. And then like Martin just walks up behind him. And he's like, oh, I just, I'm just like, because I had car troubles. Um, and then well, that's because whole- I... I mean, that would work for either reading, that scene. Um, but the whole school's laughing at him. It feels like 
like the whole idea in the first place was it being staged um yeah for sure uh, yeah it makes sense yeah it's just theater to fuck with with uh, yeah oh, Billy. that is really yeah the more i'm finding out about these things the more the whole thing it's gonna be hard to not see it the gang stalking <laughs> way like everybody's fucking in on it like yeah uh and even the people who aren't in on it are in on it like shauna's not in on it but she is because she wants the status that's actually just mm-hmm. the result of this fucked up society don't we all yeah. though don't we all yes <laughs> Yeah. Uh, okay. What about Blanchard? Last but not least. I mean, I I thought this movie made an important choice by making the guy who was um, investigating this, who who stumbled upon it first, um, and tried to take it down, Jewish, because sure. this whole thing. And it was really getting just starting, like, in the 80s to have this, like, a big, there's this blood-sucking race of people above us, and um, um, and they're all Jewish, and also all tying in all the supernatural kind of stuff. Uh, that was really just getting started in the 80s. In this and, in this form, yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> and yes, definitely in this form, yes, yeah, it was obviously so, going on before that, <laughs> yeah. Um, but but they they very made it were like no, these guys are like like wasps and uh, yeah, um, this is yeah. not an anti-Semitic movie. <laughs> um, Super good choice. Yeah. Yuzna brings up, like, he made the character Jewish to make him more of an outsider in this world. Um, mm. uh, but um, it's not that there aren't Jewish members of society. It's that this specific society in Beverly Hills are wasps. But this race of parasites or whatever, it's multicultural, multiracial. Uh, mm. It's just... You, when you look at it spread across the world, it's just this is specifically focusing on a wasp uh, sect of the of the species. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I'm glad they focused on this <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, that would have been horrible if it was like <laughs> yeah. yeah, this synagogue or whatever. One one of the interesting things also with Blanchard is that we we think he's a creep at first. We meet him mm-hmm. in hiding, like recording the sister, and it's the same thing that happens to Billy, where when you get, you know, clued in and you're trying to explain things, you look like the crazy one. You look like the pervert, even though they're crazy and they're perverts and they're oppressive. You know, like Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was an interesting thing with his character. Um also his character is surprisingly sneaky. How the hell did he get in that closet without anybody noticing? Um, yeah. It's a big house. Yeah. That was house. that was one of the bummers of this movie is two of the three principal good characters um do some kind of mean things to women. <laughs> yeah. H- hiding in their closets and then Billy chokes uh Clarissa. Oh, that's well, true. at one point. I mean at this point like hiding in the closet is it's directly proportional to how much she knows about what's going on. So it's like, 
it could be really horrible, but if he's like at this point certain it's like this is a species of a uh, different creature that's feeding off uh, the lower classes, perfectly justifiable. So it's yeah. Like, they chose to make the movie with the characters that had to have that done to them be women and the people who had to do it to them be men is also on the surface it's still happening you know right um, well i mean but yeah. of course the whole they're justifiable is, i mean it's trying to make him a creep in the this is trying to make it so you see him as a creep yeah totally but I'm, yeah but yeah. then you find out later like maybe it wasn't as bad as yeah oh yeah for De- sure desperate times and desperate measures and all that stuff <laughs> for like, sure I get um, that. So let's get to this scene where Billy, like, I don't know if I'm reading too much into this, if I was just confused, if it's bad writing, but when Billy, like, dies, doesn't die, they think he's dead, goes to the hospital, when he gets out, to me, he feels like in a daze or like a zombie or programmed. Everything he's saying is so weird. Like, things are exactly like they see. they seem. They just want me to be happy. Like... Uh, Milo says, don't go home. Bill says, they want me home. I don't really know what's happening. I think there's layers, but somebody help me out. I assumed he was just uh, heavily drugged when he was uh, put in the hospital. Okay. Um, Although the one problem is that is that so they 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 want him to come back home. Um but they they want to make sure that he's officially announced dead, so that then it doesn't matter what happens, and they yeah. want him to come okay. back home. But that kind of seems like a flawed plan if he's like heavily drugged and he's getting back in his car to head home. Like he sure. could very easily die on the way home. Um, hey, he's but, a kid in Beverly Hills. He's driven under the influence enough. They know he's practiced. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Barto? I mean, I think he was just experiencing the hysteria that one would inevitably experience from the last several days of his life, you know, and then suddenly his therapist is sitting with his family and, and, uh, then they drug him and throw him in the hospital, like, it's all collapse. Every reality is collapsing in like a very real way. And he's just like, you know, going into the moment of like, this is just the way things are. And I guess they want me to be happy, you know, because that's what they told me. (laughs) I mean, but he's going there to like confront them. It feels like, so I don't know. I guess I, after hearing what both y'all said, it kind of feels like maybe this is the point where, He's not standing with one foot on each side now, wondering if things are fucked up. He's sure it's happened to Mm -hmm. him. He's seen it. He's going to take the actions he needs to, but he doesn't need to, like, try to convince anyone with words anymore. He's just, like, almost, like, cynically (laughs) joking, like, they want me to be happy, like, just fucking losing it. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Okay, okay. That's making more sense to me. Because, yeah, the first time watching that, I thought some weird different shit was gonna happen it was like it felt like invasion of the body snatchers or the thing he was one of them now uh but right no okay yeah he's just he's just fully invested in this new reality and it's totally broken him for a moment but okay he needs to go confront it and the thing after after going through all that and getting driven to that state 
the thing that he goes to next is the shunting scene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So but, I think it's time to finally talk about like what this whole movie is fucking about. Uh, it's about shunting, baby. Yeah, it's about the shunt. Um, I put down some bullet points on here, but I don't really know where to start. I feel like we shouldn't start with like effects and music. I feel like we should start with just like what the fuck. <laughs> I, I don't know how this works with how you distribute this, but if you could figure out a way to get that like crazy organ music uh, that they're playing in this scene uh, and just play it on the background while we're talking to really just set the vibe of what's <laughs> going on cool. here. <laughs> that song, um, when I first watched this, uh, I like fell asleep in my chair at the end of it, uh, passed out like drunk and like I keep, so it goes back to the menu and that song plays on the menu. So I just have this, <laughs> visceral memory <laughs> memory of waking up and falling back asleep over and over to that music playing <laughs> like super loud too <laughs> yeah i don't know it's it's they all kind of it's a so i guess they don't start dissolving right away they mm-hmm. they have um they bring what's his name back uh blanchard mm. to eat mm-hmm. and and it's it's tearing and it's melting and it's yeah. digesting and <laughs> gestating and blending and blending <laughs> and sliming. Yeah. <laughs> like and they're all kind of becoming one, like assimilating <laughs> each other's features or kind of going together they're switching body parts it's so they're weird to talk about <laughs> they're they're passing they're, they're yeah you, you should you should just put the music with the sounds on in the background with okay. this with the <laughs> yeah uh, you're right um, okay. but uh yeah I, I don't know it's it's definitely sexual, but there's no, like, sex at all. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's... Or anything resembling sexual. sex. <laughs> it, it feels, I, mean, I mentioned hedonism before, but it feels like a combination of all the boxes, checking them off. It's like sex, food, violence, both, like, fight and sport violence and, like, torture violence. There's the homoeroticism... Mm-hmm. There's some sadomasochism. It's like all the things blobbing together. <laughs> yeah. 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 Big old pile of sin. Just. <laughs> <laughs> it's. Yeah. I. Yeah. <laughs> It's a weird thing to describe. It's it's something like if anyone listening to this has gotten this far and has not seen this movie yet, like you should go watch this scene. It's yeah. it's, it's a hard thing. It's great puppets. I assume Yo, there's yeah. puppets. Yeah, and... it's puppets and sculptures. I think they had like twenty people or something operating the the big mound of flesh um it does remind me of biolante yeah. in that way <laughs> i 
I the mouths, oh. man. The stretching mouths is that definitely the the beginning of it, and it's yeah. I don't know, man. They they exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it will like cut into kind of like Looney Tunes humor, like uh, yeah, like when he's uh kissing Billy, and then his uh. Billy shoves his fist through him or whatever, and his mouth kind of like stretches, and he does, and it kind of shakes around, uh, like uh, when the the whole butthead thing, and he's, I think there's like a little like sound kind of cartoon esque sound cue that goes behind him when he's like, I'm a butthead, and like uh, then he does like the the fart noise, and um, it's very Tex Avery, yeah, yeah, definitely influenced by Tex Avery, Um, uh. Yeah, it, but then it'll it'll like goes from that kind of absurd cartoonish humor to like this kind of like just very, I don't know, not not serious, but a just very kind of disgusting and viscerally, yeah, viscerally, visceral, dark. Just yeah, it's it's so. It's, I don't it's know. Funny that- we can say like, oh, this film wears its ideology on its sleeve and at the same time be like, and I don't even have any idea what the fuck is happening in the main scene or how to use words to describe it. Because <laughs> no. those are both true. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, not any specifics, but this scene reminds me a lot of the ending scene in um, Dead Alive slash Brain Dead where it's like the last half hour of the movie and they just go fucking completely all out on effects and just like throwing every single idea they have in and just uh, trying to show off all these different brands of their humorous, different way, different uh, stuff they can do with the effects. Uh, I don't know. These scenes, those two scenes always remind me of each other when I watch them. That makes sense. Melty bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and the melty bodies thing makes a lot of sense to me in in the like assimilation mm-hmm. aspect of like what it is, what their project is of and how they maintain control of that project yeah. is like we are a we behave a certain way and we like, you know, we are all on the same page, you know, class solidarity, essentially. Yeah. Um, and they, they and... call Billy like no one. They say this is a very normal thing in society. They call somebody nobody if that person has an individuality that doesn't fit into your system. Right. They're nobody because they don't have a title mm-hmm. or they don't they're not they're not known for something we care about. And it's just interesting. You're like you're nobody because you're not everybody. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And that's definitely yeah. part of what's going on there. I feel like assimilation and conformity is a huge, like, and that's why Billy is such an interesting choice. Cause he has in so many ways conformed and assimilated. He's, you know, running for election. Mm-hmm. He's part of the sports teams. He's go to the beach with everybody, but he's still too much yeah, for th- them or th- something. He wasn't born into it. So therefore he's just not it. Sure. He can't be it. Sure. Yep. Yeah. But it's, uh, I don't know. I wonder maybe um, that's one of the reasons why they nurtured him um, to the point where he basically 
is one of them in many ways, even if he's mm. not born into it. Because then when they assimilate him and uh, take his genes, they're basically they're taking in like the closest uh-huh. they can get to grass fed uh, beef. What they are grass fed beef. Uh-huh. Totally. Uh, yeah, local beef too. You know. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, that's. Beef. I like this. That's a good point. Um. So uh, you asked Barto if what the twisted bodies mean on a psychosexual level do you i i just thought so i i the that was the first hint that something was amiss in the bodies you know mm. in their physical form was we're getting and both women who twisted Mm-hmm. And their their butts were on the same side as their face, and uh, I hate to well it, actually you, but I think the first one was the sister the the thing coming out of the sister's skin in the beginning when he's zipping up the dress. But it was oh you're sure. right, it was early on. Those yeah. were some of the first things for sure. Yeah, I don't know. It just felt like it meant something else, or it was just like a like a kind of supposed to be tantalizing in a way that also makes you uncomfortable Mm. that was the other thing that that like taking the like you know having somebody who's bendy and can do the kama sutra thing to it's like weird conclusion kind of like the auto yeah uh yeah whatever it's called cunnilingus auto fellatio auto cunnilingus yeah Yeah. interesting but Yeah. uh, yeah I don't, I don't know. I have no idea, but it struck me that it was the same thing twice. Yeah, mm. always with someone who's being sexualized. Yeah, sure. and both times uh, them being like, I don't know what you think you saw. You didn't see anything, you weirdo. Yeah, um, true. Um, As far as the, the shunting scene, uh, do y'all want to talk about some of the like filmmaking aspects of it, the music, video camera, costumes, anything jump um, out? Well, the lighting, uh, they don't do, they they have nothing to justify it, but all of a sudden the lighting turns orange and it's oh. just like so fitting throughout the entire uh, scene that just, it, it just, it works. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. It adds like this kind of like, uh, even makes it even kind of more, grotesque and body like to have that orange lighting on everything it's a weird sort of like inversion of eyes the eyes wide shut orgy (laughs) in that like it is as grimy the orange just makes it more like you're under a street light in an alley somewhere Mm -hmm. you know like like yes all of these people have money and power but inside is just like the grungiest thing that you can imagine which yeah. is not exactly what kubrick is doing yeah in eyes wide shut he's formalizing it you know like <laughs> yeah. sex is actually this formal kind of boring thing but <laughs> in this one they're like no 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's like fluorescent versus tungsten for sure like there <laughs> his is really like uh sterile and this is like a motel room or like yeah mm-hmm. for sure interesting yeah. oh. um another thing about the scene is 
he didn't want blood in this movie. So the only blood we really see is uh, when Martin's throat is cut, and I think when Blanchard is in the car accident. Um, but yeah, so this scene, despite it being all about bodies just like falling apart and morphing and melting, there's never any blood because he thought uh, he didn't want people to focus on blood at all. He wanted yeah. people to focus on the other stuff, um, which I think was a pretty cool and good decision. I think it worked well. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, blood's yeah, easy, was... and this is so different, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I was just going to move on to the music. It starts the first, at first it plays the Blue Danube, and yeah, it's just, that's, and then the next song they play, which I don't know what it is with the singing, like both of them, it's just very fitting for this uh, kind of high society uh, orgy, like, yeah, that's kind of music I can imagine that they'd be playing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I don't think they'd be having Madonna on. <laughs> I have no Probably idea not. what the society blob would play. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's this exactly. This. Yeah, you're right. Totally. Yeah. I, it's I diogenes playlist, music. So I can... No, I didn't say that right. Diach. You get. You taught me that word last time, and I lost it already. What word? The music that's in the movie. Oh, I really? I touched that word. Um, no, uh, dia... did. Oh, diagenic. Oh, gotcha. Di- diagenic. Diagenic. Diage- this what did I say? You, the music uh, that's actually in the movie, it's actually oh, in the God. scene. Not Shit, just pl- you're right. It rolled yeah, off it's... your tongue in Astro Monster. You were like, "This is the only yeah. one that's not rock," but I can't remember now. Digestic. It, uh, it doesn't matter. This is such a no, side note. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, smart film people. It Super. is diegetic. You got it. Diegetic. Okay, sick. Hell yeah! When I this is what happens when I learn it leaves your heads. Because <laughs> you both fucking knew that last time, and I had no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Whoops. Well, we've already touched on a lot of it, but um, well, I guess first, do y'all have other things to say with the shunting scene? That you know, the one of the things that I thought was remarkable was the the guy the psych running around with the video camera and filming everything oh okay and i just in the age of epstein that i thought that was such a bizarre (laughs) touch yeah um and and the sort of mythology that has developed around him it just it was wild that that fell in there you know totally 20 20 odd years before that information was i mean available part to of the it world. is it it's all it's the boldness you know the mm-hmm. hubert like nothing can touch us nobody mm-hmm. we can't get hurt we own the judges so yeah. why wouldn't we film it and that's true for epstein and for this you know like that's how yep. they feel that's the mentality mm-hmm. yep yeah. that does add some fucking creepiness yep yeah because then um, yeah where is the escape yeah but i don't know very strange icky weird wonderful wonderful scene yeah <laughs> you and... all keep using words like wonderful 
<laughs> You're I, right, though. You're right. I mean, I, I, I love, love, love practical effects, and the practical effects in the scene are just so fucking incredible. I, I, I love it. It looks so great. Charlotte, have you seen Titan yet? No. Like, okay. I went, so I had plans to go see it in theaters. That day I had off, I was like, okay, it's playing here. I, like, I woke up and I just wasn't feeling well. I was like, oh, I have, the, I have tomorrow off. I'll go see it tomorrow. The day I decided not to go was the last day I was playing in theaters. Uh, I was so I'm fucking sorry. pissed. Society uh, doesn't want you to see it. <laughs> yeah, you're going to love that one. If, I, if It's different, but... Yeah, um, well, have you ever... I've, I've seen a lot of comparisons to Crash. Uh, David That's Cronenberg's what I thought, Crash. like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... It's also totally not it, crash, but yeah. it's yeah, it's playing with some similar but themes. I think she she admits like up front that she's usually influenced by Cronenberg, I believe. So um, oh, definitely, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've heard it's amazing. I really, really want to see it. Yeah, that was it's I a completely different. Movie. No, me neither. Uh, raw but either, but yeah, it's it's a totally different kind of icky than this. Mm-hmm. But it's it's all similar like feels like practical effects when you're seeing bodies do really weird things yeah i'm i I need to see it you're right yeah have fun (laughs) um well let's try to uh maybe untwist and pull apart and identify a few parts of this shunt fuck monster uh (laughs) if y'all are cool with that um yeah we we already talked about the melding and everything being part of identity assimilation conformity but uh barto you brought up surplus value and class uh yeah i mean this oh yeah (laughs) it's obvious but it's weird because he's part of the family but seemingly but yeah i mean by the end they really just hammer that one home yeah i mean they don't they don't really you know, leave it with too much ambiguity. The, <laughs> the, the society is is eating the sucking the life force from poor people. You know, yeah. like that's it. Society is doing that. You know, yep. yeah. I mean, they pretty like, much specifically say that. They're like, we've always sucked off low class shit like you, <laughs> which is an interesting yeah. wording. We've always sucked off. It adds to the, like, (laughs) homoeroticism, the weird, like... Isn't that interesting, the the word choice? I I wonder if suck off was a term uh, uh, in 1989 or if that came later. I I bet it was. I would be shocked if I wasn't. By 96, I was hearing it, so I bet. Okay. (laughs) It's weird how you have a specific date. That's the only thing in my journal from 96. (laughs) 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 The But yeah, I think a lot of the really weird, I mean, it's not just class, right? Because they even say you're a different race, species, class. And mm. it, I mean, it is just class, but it's showing how the classism tri- uh, goes out into, people can't see my hands trying to do like a flowing <laughs> sign, uh, goes out into other things like racism and shit. Um, and yeah. how they treat him yes. like a fucking animal with the like yeah. collar thing yeah. around his neck, the um, that you know that they catch dogs with. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the the internship line and the the tying it to Washington and stuff is really interesting to me. The nepotism kind of angle. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the way that kind yeah. of like shows like, oh, this is just a wide. Yeah. That, that kind of drives home like these oh, are the people yeah. in power. These The people in Washington are also of society. Like, um, yeah, this is not yeah. some weird isolated cult that like he happened to be mm-hmm. born in the wrong town. This is what's happening everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is what has always happened everywhere. Yeah. And I felt like most of the incest stuff was definitely trying to tie it to like you know, tying Beverly Hills today and the the coming out party thing too is like these weird Victorian era or like, you know, fucking medieval bloodlined incest things are just in a different package now. Mm-hmm. Right. Class hasn't right, right, changed right. much. Right. Yeah. No, it's... I mean, I like a movie that makes you very aware of what it's doing totally that's fine that's fine and dandy to me it's nice when Uh, we don't have to like a lot of times we get a movie and we like these three lines make me think this (laughs) and we like project all this stuff and rip it open in this one it's like which part of the gnarly politics do we want to talk about (laughs) yeah um another point was he was asked he was asked by an interviewer um about its relation to Salo. Um, and mm. yeah, uh, his response was like, well, it's, you know, the same thing as Salo. If you're ever in a position of power, you tend to abuse it. So what's Salo? Uh, Piero Pasolini's movie from 76, 75. It's like, uh, okay. it's one of the most notorious movies ever. It's a group of like high class, um, Italian politicians, uh, um, power people get together and they have a, just a bunch of like uh people that they've and teenagers and kids that they've kidnapped and they just like let loose all the disgusting urges they have it's most known gotcha. and, and uh it's it's they, fascist they, italy too yeah okay. yeah um one of the most famous parts is they make one of the like young teenagers eat shit um it's so uh, gross <laughs> and damn possibly it got pasolini uh assassinated um he was by the government it was he was shortly after this he was uh killed in an accident and then uh the person who's claimed to be a witness says that he later he said he was uh paid off to be a witness and uh the government always refused to investigate the case and he was somebody he was a communist and uh um uh, he was a very transgressive artist uh who was getting He's pretty famous, so there's a gotcha. lot of people it, think he, gotcha. he was murdered by the government. Anyways. One of the grossest movies I've ever seen. Yeah. Salo is okay. very uh, anti-fascist movie. Um, I'm seeing the parallels a, now. I'm seeing yes. them, for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, and, I mean, I mentioned before, but the... I mean, this is kind of going into other points about society in general. But yeah, every... The cops are in on it. The judge is the main guy. You know, the, all the all the pl- people and places of power that are supposed to protect you are part of it. And, you mm-hmm. know, that's fucking terrifying. It was interesting that as far as we could tell, none of the teachers were part of it. Yeah. We didn't know about sure. it, at least, if they were. But yeah. Yeah. That is interesting. Yeah. Um. So... I mean, we've covered most of the thematic stuff so far already. I mean, but I don't know. 
I, we just haven't really mentioned the line, happy to contribute anything to society and the the idea of contributing to society. And I just love that this yeah. film is like, that's evil. <laughs> like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, the psychiatrist yeah, yeah. says like, someday you're going to really contribute to society. And then his mom says, you're going to be a great contribution to society, yep. which obviously they're implying it's going to be great to fucking eat you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's I what mean, it's mean literally, <laughs> we're going to you're important for society to chew up you know yeah, yeah. like we need people like you who don't matter to be chewed up yeah and, and it feels wonderful. like i'm gonna just go theory for a second but it ties very much into uh like max sterner and all these other like like uh, like egoists anarchists uh insurrectionists would talk about how like a lot of humanism is trying to like free society from the state free society from capitalism but to a lot of people the concept of society itself is actually a form of oppression that forms you forces you to uh not be yourself not be free so it it definitely reminded me of that even if maybe the film's not going that far with it no, I I thought this was a sternerist film throughout. Def, definitely, <laughs> I can't tell if you're being facetious or not. <laughs> oh no, a little bit. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I. I also don't think you said anything wrong. <laughs> sure, for sure. I I doubt this dude has read the Unique and His Property or any of that. But also, those ideas are. I um, mean, they're true for a reason because they're like look at this shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he does. He did talk about how. I mean, this doesn't mean he read all that stuff, but, like, you know, when he was, like, in his 20s or whatever, he, he lived on, like, communes, uh, taking acid all the time, and he's very left politically. So it's not completely out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, that's the that same he, thing. He'd read through it. rules. I, like I said, it's not the same thing, but no, no, it's no, not, No, no, like... I was not. I'm not kidding. <laughs> okay. Like, when I read those books, I'm like, oh, sweet, somebody else thinks what I thought on acid uh -huh. 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, I mean... <laughs> He talks about how he reads a lot about, like, horror, and he's super into, like, surrealism and Dali and stuff. So he's obviously a, a smart guy who knows about different things, I guess. So it's, it's just totally. not out of the realm of possibility. That's all I'm saying. Totally. I, I, I think you're absolutely right. Obviously, uh, I mean, this is... This isn't just a critique of the state and just a critique of psychiatry. It's obviously a mm. critique of how it all works together in society. It's obviously partially a critique of society itself. Yeah. And, or at least what it's become. Yeah. Now it's it's beautiful. <laughs> Again, beautiful film. I love it. <laughs> I totally. love it. It's willing to go there. It's willing to take... It's saying society must not be defended at all costs. And... <laughs> yes. Uh... That rules. And it if you are willing it, to do that. Like you said on its sleeve, it's not doing so with like irony. There's no there's no like plausible deniability where they could be like, This is a really intense and he's like, Oh well it's shaded under these three layers, so is that really what I mean? It's just like boom, here it is. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's great. Yeah. Um one of the themes I thought actually was introduced really well was the idea of stuff hiding behind this hiding just below the surface. Like, it's kind of weird to say because in the film we've talked about how obviously fucking ridiculous everybody is. Like, how just it does seem like he's surrounded by aliens. But I just want to bring up one sequence they bring up early on where first he has this nice looking apple and then he bites into it and there's fucking worms under the surface. 
And then the next scene is Milo saying, oh, yeah, you're Mr. Perfect. You'll probably end up assassinating the president saying like, OK, mm-hmm. like bad things hide below things that look perfect. And then the next scene is Jen, the sister in the lingerie, and then she's putting on the dress. So like, you know, a person who was like courting her after her coming out would think under the dress, it's going to be lingerie like the pretty exterior, but then we see what's really under the surface is this fucking weird thing coming out of the skin. And I feel like those three <clears throat> steps right away perfectly draw you into this like, oh, you should be looking. Anything that looks pretty is going to be fucked up kind of thing. Yeah. And I thought that was like really oh, yeah. well fucking done. Yeah, no, that's yeah. that's a really good catch. I didn't I didn't think about that at all, but that's very astute. I agree. I wish I wish I was thinking about that throughout so I could keep <laughs> looking for other examples of it. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of them are just big, you know, everybody's, you know, you have the psychiatrist. He's a psychiatrist. No, he's not. Like, it's like almost everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Definitely. But then about halfway through, um, he buys an apple and there's no worms under it. So what that's saying is that no longer is there anything under the surface. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> and now it's truly everything in the is open. as it seems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, um, I just want to say, we keep saying uh, aliens, aliens, but they do make a specific point that they are not aliens. Uh, no, they're, they're just not another. Aliens. We just keep saying we've said that multiple times, which understandably. So I just want to just point out that they they are not aliens, but yeah, that's a good way to just describe them, anyways. So I, oh, I every time I said that, at least. Speaking for myself, I meant when you're watching it and trying to figure out what's going on, it seems they feel like aliens. Like, but yeah. yeah. And I I would love, I, I don't want this because this movie is so symbolic, but it would be really interesting to me if like they did the Marvel Universe thing or like all the, like Star Wars where they, they're like, let's go back to the history of the species <laughs> and see oh, how yeah. it co-evolved. <laughs> um, yeah. They've actually, I, that would be awesome to see it throughout history. They've been working, I guess he's been working on a sequel. Oh, I think it's oh, been like sick. for almost a decade. Um, oh. And it still hasn't been filmed or anything. But I in the, think I in saw the that Q&A, on, okay. what? I, sorry, What'd I think I saw something on the Wikipedia, like, as of 2013, they're still working on yeah, a sequel yeah. or something. That is what it says. That's why I knew it was like almost a decade. Um, but in the Q&A, he talks about like the basic idea behind it would be uh society and like um like celebrities uh in celebrity society i guess talking about like how you go to a club and then but then there's this vip room and then there's this after party and then there's a vip room in the after party and basically the people that would be in that room kind of uh um controlling everything but also he also implied that they would that would be kind of like newer fashion and there would be a conflict between them and like this this kind of society where it's kind of old school old money. Their species of how they of how they shunt stuff yeah so it'd be a metaphor for uh, new money versus old money um, mm. it's sort of but, like uh did did you guys hear about uh isaac cappy do you know that dude uh-uh. the q9 people are really obsessed with him he he was like in some very minor roles in Hollywood. And he was sort of into reactionary stuff, like conspiracy theories and stuff like that. And his friends who were slightly, uh, bigger celebrities 
basically told him like yeah pizzagate is real and also we you know like abuse children and you can be as powerful as us too if you abuse children and he lost his they were just fucking with him oh Um, shit but he kind of lost his mind and then uh died in what i think was just like a tragic accident um but the QAnon people are like Damn. obsessed with him. Holy shit! I've been and oh, go on. No, no, no. All you. I was just gonna say I, I used to kind of like somewhat follow QAnon in the sense that I was just always interested in what they were talking about, uh, just because it's interesting and uh, not on this plane of reality. Um, no, <laughs> uh, but I like haven't paid attention to QAnon in probably over a year, um, so I appreciate the update. Yeah, um, I mean I, it, that's what the sequel at least sounded like to me. Mm-hmm. Is it's I I feel like when I think of this movie, I'm like I'm glad it exists, but I don't like I don't know if I'd watch it again. It's really great to talk about, but but then when you said there'd be a sequel, I was like, "Oh my god, I would see that opening night." Oh my god. <laughs> like so I must the, yeah, there's something really to this movie that's amazing. Yeah. Um yeah, definitely. You started off this episode saying that the second time you watched this movie, you came away feeling like there was something optimistic about it, which I've also watched this movie twice and <laughs> I did not come out feeling that way. And I'm I'm curious why you came to that conclusion. So optimism, first of all, is a relative term, right? Like, it's not necessarily an optimistic movie, but it's more optimistic than I felt the first time and more optimistic than I feel a lot of times in general about life. Oh. Um, I guess what I mean is that I think that a lot of the things that they're talking about, like capitalism and class issues and the state feel like, especially capitalism, like a, an inescapable totality, all resistance becomes support for it. And anytime I see places that, uh, there can be escape or places of resistance pointed out. I feel like it's more optimistic, especially like the first time. I didn't really think about the fact that they get away. I didn't think about the fact that Clarissa, who's part of society, defects. So just Mm. because society gets you doesn't mean it's inescapable, doesn't mean that they own everybody. Um, One of the main things for me is uh, I've been thinking a lot lately, especially with watching the Matrix movies, about... And, you know, like uh, reading Foucault, like the where sites of power and control become are also sites of vulnerability. So, like, I'm thinking of the Matrix Reloaded, like the key maker is a place for the, the system's creators to get around behind everyone else. So that's a point where the resistance can use that to get through back doors too. like anything that's a um, method of control can be used. And the one in this that made me think this is Teddy getting stretched inside out. The fact that they have this ability to morph and mold in ways that Billy can't yet, he can use his different body type status to put his hand through his body, get his eyes up and pull Billy apart. And that felt like this, like, oh, okay, their their power of evil is a, maybe a vulnerability, too, if that makes sense. No, a- absolutely. 
that makes sense. That's that's yeah. uh, that's way yeah. more. Uh, I I was pretty hypnotized by the flesh orgy <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, and so finding because that is less explicit. I would say sure that because 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 you're right. You know, like your explanation for that is perfect, but uh, that that is like the first non-surface level <laughs> kind of deep theme that we've had come through is that you can actually like fight back in a meaningful way and you could turn them against themselves and yeah and that's fucking cool Shit. and uh the him milo dressing as a cop is kind of another example like the sky uh the fact that the power wears uniforms Disguising yourself in the uniform lets you not be seen by power for a minute. Like, there's little things. Um, yeah. So you kind of make me feel like a freak because the optimism I got from it is that someday <laughs> I could be part of the shunting, even if I am the one that's being shunted. But still, I think that would be... That's a mass of flesh I want to be a part of, baby. You're like, my optimism is that my butt could become my head. Hey dreams baby so before uh, i saw this movie the, the furthest i dared to dream was autofellatio now uh <laughs> i can dream of um auto ass eating so um on another maybe optimistic level we're talking about escape where what do you all think is going to happen after they drive off i mean they can't tell the press because there's a psychiatrist with the piece of paper that says this man's crazy. Yeah. True. And, uh, you know, uh, do they run and hide? Do they well, fight back? So Yusna points out that it's very deliberate that um, nobody chases after him. They don't seem alarmed at all because they're basically just, what is he going to go do? Uh, you know, nobody's going to believe him. Although on a more, um, uh, he also brings up on a more analytical level that it's like, what he's going to go tell him? Oh, the rich exploit the poor. Like everybody fucking knows it already. <laughs> um, and we've established so, that they're everywhere already. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Story wise, basically, his meaning was just that. I mean, these are all the people in power. There's nothing you can go do and tell people. And then, like, analytically, yeah, like I just said, it's everybody already fucking knows this anyways. It it definitely well, feels cynical on that level of, like, they don't destroy, if we're talking about, like, aliens, they don't destroy the mm -hmm. queen's nest and the queen. The, it, they just get away. Everything's still mm -hmm. there. Um, yeah. There's aliens on other in other places ready to hop in people's faces not aliens they're not a i know they're not aliens i'm talking I, about the movie aliens i i, I also <laughs> I, I didn't i thought you knew that i just want to clarify no it's fine I you have... thought that i thought they were from space and that's okay it's fine. i had also referred to them at aliens at some points i think too but i just, just want to clarify no it's okay it's fine <laughs> for the listeners i'm just kidding dude i'm sorry barto did you have something i cut you off no, 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 no. I was, um, I, I was just thinking about how all he can do 
1989 is get to a university and hop on a list serve and start <laughs> <laughs> and in, but in 10 years he could start a blog and <laughs> <Yeah>. totally <laughs> tell tell people about this that's a good point the options were limited right now he i mean mostly what he can do is send telegrams you know <laughs> yeah. Yeah. although i guess uh since he does have a defector he could be like, look, my friend here can uh, perform auto cunnilingus on herself. This is weird. Um, oh, that's true. Oh, true. I was, I was about to say, I could I could find you an ex-member of the Illuminati. You know, no problem. <laughs> you know, they're all over the place. They're a dime a dozen. Hasn't brought down the... Hasn't brought down the... Uh, the cult yet, so... But they can't <laughs> but, twist. Yeah, yeah, they can't twist like that. That's totally. true. Um, yeah, there were two sequel comics that were made in the early two thousands. Um, what? I, yeah, uh, I guess a limited edition of the Blu Ray has has them um, with it, but I don't have that. Uh, so I'm very interested in what those two comics are about. Um, I don't think there's any involvement with any of the people in, on this movie. Um, I think the the company just bought the rights and put out two sequels, but I'm still fascinated with what those sequels address. If yeah. it's a direct sequel or if it's just like, in this same world, this other thing is happening. I don't know. Yeah, it'd be interesting to... I, I would like to know about that. Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. Alright, y'all. Let's wrap it up. It's time for Dumb Cop of the Week. This is a kind of weird one. This isn't a Kaiju movie where there's the same kind of situations where we normally ask this mm -hmm. question. But uh, I'm going to throw it to Alberto first. Do you have a Dumb Cop of the Week? I I, I think that uh, that dummy who got his uh, uniform stolen. <laughs> yeah. What a dope. <laughs> yeah. I You know, I was just glad to see him go. And... Uh, you know, I I wish the uh, the blonde cop could have had a more brutal end, but yeah, you know, I'm I'm uh, glad they took down one. Totally. Was that not the main cop that they took down? That he I thought it up? wasn't. Maybe uh, it was. Maybe I'm full of shit. Oh, I kind of I thought know. it was too. Actually, I was thinking it was. Oh, well, that would I guess make more sense from a storytelling perspective. Mm -hmm. I read that. I clocked that guy as a different guy because mm, I, I don't. Yeah, and I don't think we see him again. So no, you I might think be it wrong. is. I could be. I could definitely be wrong. But I gotta say, no, I think you're right. That cop is the most realistic cop we've encountered yet on No Gods No Monsters. <laughs> <laughs> Just a cop through and through. <laughs> Fucking dick doesn't care about his friend being dead. Part of the fucking <laughs> evil, uh, yeah. it's different species, just perfect. I watched I watched Q the other day. Uh, there are there are a bunch of uh, true you're right. realistic cops in there, just Q. total shitheads. <laughs> yeah. You're right, you're totally right. Um, Charlie, dumb cop of the week. Um, yeah, so this one I was. Uh, at first, I was like, oh, shit, I don't know what to choose because the actual cop, he doesn't really do anything that's too outwardly stupid or ineffective throughout. And he doesn't play as big of a role to really uh, have anything. But then I thought about some more. And I don't think he's a part of society. 
I think he just no. does. I think he's just he's just fine with society and he just works with them. And he's just like, sure, whatever. I think like most cops, he's a class traitor. Um, mm, damn, because dude. we, at the end, we see him at the, the shunting, but he's just in his uniform kind of looking thing and controlling outside. It doesn't seem like he's involved. And also these higher class people, like, I don't think that they would lower themselves to the position of just like some cop, like, it's uh, true. If they're going to law enforcement, it'd be a more powerful position. I guess there are butlers there too, aren't there? So he's yeah. like a butler. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like the idea. We talked about society affecting uh, Billy and how he viewed his sister and all this weird stuff. And I, I think it's, I like the idea that not everybody who's in on it knows they're in on it and not everybody Mm -hmm. like it's it's tendrils reach out farther than just the people they shunt yeah totally Um, right so that's my dumb cop because i read him as being a class trader who's like whatever i'll help these uh these this other (laughs) creatures out i don't care for sure okay well um Last time that we were together, you all were upset because I picked Glenn as the dumb cop because he's the best character, so it sucks that he's the dumb cop, but I argued that he had some copish ways. And I'm going to upset you again uh, because my favorite character, Milo, he says, (laughs) at least I don't turn tricks to get my kicks. And this is a sexy, sex work, positive podcast. And so... He's my dumb cop, and I'm sorry. That's just the cop moment. We gotta kill the cop in our hearts. Yeah, that part I'm was giving you snaps, buddy. That's <laughs> yeah. I mean, good, good, good call. Um, that scene was weird because they don't really show her as being outside of the fact that she's very um kind of uh aggressive or very uh, forthcoming with um with Billy. There's nothing that really shows that she's a prostitute in any way. But then. He goes from that when Billy's like, dude, that was uncalled for. Then he goes, what? Have you seen her mom? And it's like, what is that? What are you fucking talking about? What's that to do with anything? Um, That was just a very weird exchange. Yeah. He's just checking off like things to be a dick about. Mm -hmm. Don't be a dick about. Um, Yeah. For sure. All right. Well, any. uh, Oh, we got to rate the movie. Um how do we, uh, I guess we just, we, we rate it on the society scale, which we've all established. <laughs> um, uh, I guess I made, uh, I made you all go first for Dumb Cop of the Week, and I'm just making this up as I go along, so I'm going to give you all more time to think of your rating. I uh, will give this movie uh, an arm attached to a leg, attached to a butt, with two faces on the butt. That's what I'm going to give it. Mm. Out of five. Out of five. <laughs> <laughs> Who's up? I, I don't know what to say. I like this movie. It's great. It's also terrible. I don't ever want to watch it again, but I probably will. <laughs> and I fucking love it, but I don't like it, if that makes sense. <laughs> I give it one giant hand. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm going to give it eight wet red writhing bodies melding together just humping and fucking with goo all over the place with 
a half a head of Bart Simpson coming out and saying, <laughs> I caramba, and um, don't have a cow over and over. All right. That's a good rating. Out man. of what? What's the scale? <laughs> out of 10 writhing bodies <laughs> melding together, just a big lump of wet, gooey flesh, just thump it, fucking and sucking with a whole Simpsons family popping out and saying different catchphrases. There we go. All right. Well, uh, either of you have any concluding thoughts about this movie? Um, Yeah, I I meant to say this earlier. One kind of interesting thing. uh, So Brian Usner, the director, he also made a movie called Necronomicon, which is an anthology movie of Lovecraft adaptations. And he did. He directed the wraparound and one of the three segments. And the other two segments, one was directed by Christopher Gans, um, who used uh, to have worked with again on another movie. And the other one was directed by, I can't remember his first name, but Kaneko, who is a Japanese director. I believe this was his first movie, who would then go on to do the three Gamera movies. Oh. So, oh. Kind of a fun little connection there. I think he might have used his segment in Necronomicon to kind of like sell himself to to die studios, like look at the cool stuff I can do. Um, nice, I, yeah, that's also a neat fun. movie. I recommend it to people. After watching Gamera versus Barugon and the birthing scene of Barugon, <laughs> it doesn't surprise me that there's connections between Gamera and eighties <laughs> ho- like body horror stuff. Um, yeah. But maybe that's a coincidence. No, that's good catch. Hell yeah. Good catch. Sweet. Well, thank you all so much for listening. We appreciate having you here. Barto, it was super fun as always. Love having you on. Uh, Where can we find you online if we want to gang stalk you? Um, You can gang stalk me at at Elbarto Army on twitter.com and i think i i said last time i was on that i had a podcast dropping and that's maybe happening but uh probably not but new music is coming soon new music hell yeah awesome um i just want to point out if you have to ask him where to find him to gang sock him <laughs> maybe a uh, gang socking isn't the right profession for you I, right. you know, I'm 1000% agree. Also, yeah. after I said that, I was like, man, there's real people going through this. And that was pretty flippant. I shouldn't just say it like that. But I don't know. It's a complicated issue. It is. Um, uh, okay. Well, you can find us if you just want to follow us like a normal person on Twitter at no gods pod. You can email us no gods pod at gmail.com and, uh, Barto, how can people support the show? Um, they could um, give to a uh, center that's helping Texas trans kids right now. Seriously. Most deaf. Absolutely. I assume this is still going to be a problem in five weeks and we won't have cleared massive transphobia problem in America. So, Yes. Thank you for that. Can I can I ask for an update? All I've seen is like a couple of headlines that they're like trying to pass a law that like allow them to take trans kids away from their parents or something like that. Is 
what what exactly they did pass it i thought and not or maybe they didn't i thought they did and it if they're considering that abuse and also if you are someone who knows about people who've done that like parents whose kids are trans and you don't come forward that's against the law now it's an executive order and it's using like the uh vigilante loophole from uh their abortion law and it's pretty fucky texas is so fucked right now horrible yeah that and then abortion stuff yeah yeah uh... but support trans kids yeah that's what you can do support this show Hopefully by now, uh, I will have uh, been able to find some links that we feel good about for uh, groups where you can do that, and those will be in the show notes below. Where I come from isn't all that great, my automobile is a piece of crap, my sense is a little whack and my friends are just as screwy as me i didn't go to boarding schools preppy girls never looked at me why should they i ain't nobody got nothing in my pocket Stop.